For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts. A couple of tragic uh, deaths, unfortunately, in our fair land, um, and one of them in West Cork. Just as we were coming off the air yesterday morning, we heard of a toddler who died after choking on a grape uh, down in uh, Clonic, uh, sorry, pardon me, in, in Skibbereen. It's a story that makes the Examiner this morning with Owen English saying that Gardaí are treating as a tragic accident the death of the toddler in West Cork. Choked to death on a grape, it's thought. Uh, he's only two and a half years old, small little lad called Joshua on Donker. Apparently, it's understood that his family is originally from Ghana and that they're relatively new arrivals to the town and may have been just living in the area for a few months. It's understood he got into a difficulty while eating uh, the grape at uh, his home in Skibbereen and began choking because the grape lodged in his windpipe. And, of course, paramedics did valiant efforts, fighting desperately to resuscitate him, but he was pronounced dead at the scene. So that's a tragic accident, isn't it? And there was a second one up the country as well, where another small little child died after choking in a creche, apparently. It's very, very sad. Um, Also, the funeral of uh, Matthew Healy. And, of course, that makes all of the papers this morning. Uh, he died following an alleged violent attack by a fellow patient at the Mercy um, and his funeral mass was celebrated at St. Mary's Church in Berings yesterday afternoon. Of course, the, his widower, his wife, Delia, only passed away earlier this month and his daughter died, died tragically at a young age, uh, like 40 years ago. It's just awfully sad that he would end his life in such violent and tragic circumstances at the age of 89. So that d- dominates many of the papers, particularly the examiner, uh, and the echo today. Mind you, it was a national story and of national importance and the Red Tops carry it as well. Can I just say, in spite of all of the doom and gloom and the criticism bouncing off the papers this morning is the number of homes built in 2022. Comes as little consolation to somebody who's looking for a home or on a housing list or trying with the deposit to buy a home. But the amount of homes built last year was 39% up on the amount of homes built in 2021. And even here on Lee's side, and the Echo carries the Cork angle to this, they talk about the amount of homes built in Cork um, in the last 12 months by comparison to the year before. So the number of homes built in Cork last year increased by 39%. uh, And the number of apartments built in the county were, were higher than the combination of 2020 and 2021 combined. I know it's startling, is it? Because it's still hard to see the evidence of it. 3,089 dwellings were completed in Cork last year. 3,089. That's up 39% on 2021. I pass it on to you because you can't argue with stats or can you? Um, And also, you know, we're talking about the city centre. More on that in a few minutes' time, but... Works has begun now on uh, the a new department store. We're going to where the old Eason store was on Patrick Street. I, I've never heard of the company before, but I hear they're like 50 stores across the UK. Uh, and the company called uh, Flannels, and they're set to open their second Irish store. They're designer goods outlet sellers. That's got to be good, because one of the other things that needs to happen on Patrick Street is no disrespect to the... Um, you know, high-profile and high-caliber shops that are on the street. It's a big, long street. But we need more. We need to raise the level. We need to raise the quality uh, of shops as well in the city. And, you know, that's got to be a step in the right direction. So that East has moved to a fabulous new premises. And now their old premises is uh, being renovated and will be occupied shortly. We have the three €200 electricity bill credits. um, And they're talking this morning about the possibility of a fourth... Um, which would take you into March, April's bill, I suppose. So the Independent this morning talks about um, the extra financial strain 
um, for people with regard. And there will be extra financial strain across March and April, even on energy costs, because you'll be paying the January, February bill. So there will be 800 in total. Not quite 800 after you take off uh, the VAT and what have you, uh, but at least it's some, it's something, although some believe it's nothing more than a sop. And you can see why people would say that. Their mortgages are going up and now VHI have decided uh, to hike their premiums and God knows what will happen when they do it. Maybe everybody else will decide to, to follow. So they're talking about anywhere in and around 4.8%, so a 5% hike in the average price increase. And that's a substantial amount of money because VHI premiums, Leia premiums, all of them, they're very high anyway. But what do you make of that story? Uh, this emanated out of Canada, where there was a health warning came out in Canada uh, by the Canadian authorities who are now recommending just two standard drinks or one pint of beer a week as the safe limits. Now, I know it's a long time since, but I worked in Canada, I lived in Canada, I drank in Canada, I socialised in Canada. I can't see Canadians buying this just as much as I can't see Irish people buying it because Dr. John Ryan makes this morning star. He's a liver specialist and alcohol abuse damages the liver. He's at Bowman Hospital and he says that we should follow the Canadian guidelines recommending just one pint a week um, or one glass of wine. Because two standard drinks is a pint. Two standard drinks is, um, you know, a generous glass of wine. But Michael Healy Ray says that anybody who believes that this is a good way to go needs to take themselves off and have themselves examined. He says that um, he spoke after this was announced because the current guidelines are 17 standard drinks for men and 11 standard drinks for women. Um, and he says that even that is, um, you know, questionable. But, like, this could not be enforced by law. This is not anything that would be handed down where you'd be fined if you broke these kind of rules. At the end of the day, while he calls them ridiculous, they are recommendations. But he says it would just decimate. He says, anyone that suggests that drinking more than one or two pints or a couple of whiskeys a week can be bad for your health, needs to take themselves away and to have themselves examined. He mentioned a pal of his in one of the papers this morning who died at the age of 108, drinking a large whiskey every night. Some might say it was the large whiskey that kept him alive. But they have no problem spending money then when dignitaries come into the country to wind them and to dine them. There's a figure out this morning for the Department of Foreign Affairs alone. Their catering and their wine bill it was €380,000 just for the year. You would wonder whether or not all of the different government departments who do be whining and dining dignitaries or who do be in the Dáil Bar, would they be limiting their consumption uh, to a pint or a glass of wine or the dignitaries' consumption to a pint or a glass of wine uh, at a night out or indeed a week. Papers also talk on a subject that we've been speaking about over the past couple of days. We started with Fair City and the adoption story and then incredibly powerful calls over the past couple of days. The Mail this morning says that there will be or should be um, um, external negotiators brought in because six different religious groups still haven't compensated 34 survivors of mother and baby homes. And the pressure on religious orders continues to be ratcheted up because many are saying that the different church orders involved in the mother and baby homes need to pay up, need to pay more, and need to get their act together and be kind and generous and just do it. Um, as Catherine Corliss says this morning in the mail, they're worth billions and they can well afford it. If they really mean their apology, they should stand by the apology and pay up and do it sincerely. Now, 
Enoch Burke from today will be fined 700 euro for every day he refuses to stay away from school. So every day that he goes to Wilson's Hospital Secondary School, the court have imposed a 700 euro fine. So they're saying that that could be five grand a week. One of the papers this morning says that if they can't stop him in any other way, they are going to stop him financially and they're going to end, he's going to end up broke for his religious beliefs. But this is the way it is. If a fine doesn't uh, have the desired effect, it can always be increased, they're saying. So if he still keeps turning up and is fined 700 euro a day and keeps on turning up, whether he pays the fine or not, they're going to increase the fines. Um, So I actually don't know, as we speak, whether or not Enoch Park went to school this morning. I would think if I was a gambling man, which I'm not, I would say he probably did. But it's very interesting. They're saying that the fines actually would kick in on Monday, which... I think two o'clock this afternoon is the deadline now that I remember, now that I think of it. So if he went this morning, he'd be fine. But, pardon the pun, but from two o'clock today, the 700s kick in. But this is all about his, his religious beliefs, he says. Um, and he, he won't change the names that he calls students who are transitioning or those that were born male but want to trans and transition to female. Which is quite interesting because... It's been a, a very, very hot topic in the UK over the past couple of days. And this is the story of a transgender woman who, while a man, raped two women as a man and is now a trans woman. Is, uh, Isla or Isla Bryson, I suppose it's Isla Bryson, uh, as, as, as she is now called, 31-year-old, um, and has up until now been held in a female prison, an all-female prison. So bearing in mind raped two women as a man, now a trans woman, um, believed and fought for the right to serve time while waiting trial, etc., in an all-female prison. And that was happening until yesterday uh, when she was moved uh, from an all-female um, prison to a men's prison. So that's a very spiky story across the water. And it's kind of an example of how do you tread through these things? How do you get through these stories? And uh, how do you get through these issues um, and and still try and be uh, compassionate to all those involved? But, you know, they're saying, well, it's the safety of the other women in the prison, really, because this guy uh, is charged as a woman now, but at the time, raping two women. Um, and also, there's a lot of other court stories. Um, the, some of the tabloids seem to think this is very funny and they've got a load of different egg jokes about it. But at the same time, it wasn't very funny for the person who was pelted with 32 eggs. And again, we're back to rural Ireland. Again, we're back to more disputes over land. Uh, and apparently, that within the family, there was a lot of unpleasantness linked to the land. So you had two young members of the family uh, took it upon their own hands to um, pelt an ant with 32 eggs in a five-minute assault and were before the course for it. Now, she actually was bashed with the egg, hit her head, hit her face, hit her hair and everything. Her car got destroyed. It's a story from up the country in, in County Galway, but they were in court yesterday and, and they were fined, these two. One is uh, 26 years old, the other is 21 years old, brother and sister. They were fined 500 euro each for assault outside the home and a further 500 euro for criminal damage to the car. So that's picked up by all of the tabloids. It's an assault all the same, even though they seem to think it's great to use kind of different eggy puns in the papers today. You remember 
some time ago we spent some time talking about people who uh, had um, their graves or the graves of their loved ones desecrated or damaged or things stolen from them. One of the issues that came out at the time was that birds are very much attracted, particularly crows, to shiny objects. And a lot of the time it can be very shiny pebbles that are used on top of the grave. Well, that's a story that makes the mail this morning, again from up the country, where Dermot Mitchell um, really did a beautiful job on his parents' final resting place and all the final resting place of his two brothers up in County Roscommon. Um, but he's €1,500 Euro out of pocket now because thieving birds have been targeting the family's graveyard plot. It's so beautiful, but also um, so obviously beautiful that it's attracting birds, primarily crows, who are literally robbing things from it, particularly the ornamental pebbling. So that's the story that makes uh, the, the Daily Mail today. And also... Um, you know that we have, uh, you know, uh, all sorts of new legislation coming in with regards to labour laws and employment laws. It's interesting to see in the Times this morning that some of the bigger employers now are giving time off for staff who are going through a divorce. And they quote some of the companies in the UK, including Tesco, Asda and NatWest, um, are starting a scheme now to see if it works that will give time off to parents who are splitting up. And a couple that did split up, um, and I don't know whether it was connected to their Euro Millions 183 million euro jackpot, but they did divorce some time after it. It's an extraordinary story that makes the Irish independent. And it's the story of Colin Weir, um, the man in the relationship, himself and his wife, uh, made 183 million in 2011, right? By winning the Euro Millions. I think it was the high, second highest Euro Millions ever won um, in 2011. He died recently, um, and all sorts of documents have come out now about how he spent the money. He died um, in 2019 from sepsis and acute kidney failure, Colin Weir. He won 183 million, but they managed to spend 45 million in the, uh, what, seven years, eight years before he died. And I suppose if you put your mind to it and you put your shoulder to the wheel, you could probably do that, spend 50 million. But boy, they talk about the things that he bought. Now, they gave an awful lot away to charity. But other things included luxury properties. Um, I mean, they had sports cars. You probably would. They set up a charitable trust. They were targeted three times and scammed by fraudsters. Um, they're a lovely couple, apparently, and maybe believed everybody at face value. But the scammers came along and they took chunks of their dosh um, with different schemes that the misfortunes believed that they were, you know, getting involved in ch- people pretending to be charitable um, schemes. But of course, they weren't. He bought racehorses. He bought Mercedes and Bentleys and Jaguars. Why not? I suppose if you that kind of money, why not drive a nice car? Have a few of them. Started as a cameraman with Sky TV and his ex-wife, Christine, was a psychiatric nurse. They bought a property after a 10-minute viewing that cost millions and liked it so much they bought all of the fixtures and fittings as well. And a 55% share in Partick Tissel Football Club, apparently. He bought it with the intention of giving it back to the local Scottish community. I just think it's a fabulous story. I'm sad that he died so young. I don't know whether the divorce... Sometimes people who make huge money divorce because they just don't get on and it's, it's extraordinary and I've often heard of stories in the past where you win an awful lot of money as a very happy and loving couple in the lottery uh, and 
it changes their life so much that they also divorce. It's quite sad. Um, and I'll come out to other stories this morning, particularly food related. But can I just say at this point in time that it's a free food Friday uh, and we will be delivering food for 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park this lunchtime. So text who you are and where you are to 086 Prendeville Show. Gold winner for Interactive Speech Program at the Imro Radio Awards 2022. Court Red FM. Okay, can I just do this first, if you don't mind, because I talked about it yesterday and I didn't get a chance to go back to it. And I know that uh, Flannels will be moving into the Eason's building, the original Eason's buildings on, on pa- building on Patrick Street. Um, Eason's have moved. But I was telling you of a story that was making Cork Bio there recently where they literally identified 40 spots around Cork that have closed since the pandemic. And they listed them. Now, I haven't got time to go through all of the details of it, right? But they listed all of the different ones. They break down all of the histories of each of the businesses. But they are. Um, and these all closed in Cork since the pandemic. Debenhams, Argos, Carphone Warehouse, Gap, Topshop, Oasis, you need a bookshop, Lifetime Sports in Ballancolic and Blackpool, Porters, uh, Super Value in Merchants Key, Bills in Farron Ree, Finn's Corner, uh, O'Connell, the Chocolatiers, Bresnan's in the English market, Tim O'Sullivan's, my buddy, in the English market, O'Flynn's, the Butchers after 124 years, Eldor Artisan Bakery, uh, Crust Bakery. They did incredible sandwiches and opened up on McCurtain Street doing incredible sandwiches. And then COVID came along, of course, and nobody was working in the city. Uh, Cupcake Cottage, Bracken's Bakery, Sliced, uh, the pizza joint, Preacher's, the pub, Wow Burger, Queen of Rebels, Captain America's, Rice Chinese, The Silly Goose, Ziggy's, Larry Tompkins, which subsequently reopened as Crack Jenny's. Feed Your Senses, the popular tapas spot. Grand Central, the club off Washington Street. Ali's Kitchen. Ali now is uh, rocking up a storm in the Imperial, is the executive chef there. Uh, Tiki uh, Poke. Uh, the Fishwife, doing great stuff up in McCurtain Street. Fabulous fish and chips. Tandoori Nights. Cafe, I- Cafe Idaho. The Bridge on Bridge Street now known as Paladar. It's open again. I think it's a Cuban-inspired bar. Drake's Bistro, Vegan KO, West Cork Burger, Shack Donuts, and Gloria Jeans on Grand Parade. I was absolutely amazed when I read that story, the amount of them that have closed. Not all of them, um, you know, involved in food and beverage. Some of them retail as well. Okay, guys, hang in there. we got calls on the way after the break. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818-104-106. Cork's Red FM. Coming off the air yesterday, ran out of time. We had started to talk about the modular homes and the two different sites that we know of on Side anyway. One in Mallow and one in Mahan where modular homes will be built and built very quickly and probably uh, built within the space of uh, four to six weeks. And then uh, Ukrainian families will move into them. The big issue with this, of course, is that the people of Mallow, and it's probably true that the people of Mahan as well, um, would be very annoyed to find diggers just turn up unannounced. But apparently that's what happened in Mallow. And I was chatting yesterday with Jason, uh, but ran out of time. I just wanted to pick up again on that because, uh, Jason, are you actually down in the area where the works are going on now? Yeah, I'm here again, Neil. Okay, so what, and what can you see now? Well, today they just have the dumpers and diggers uh, fenced in on the site. There's no workers here today, no, nothing. But yeah. they have the 
but Henry thinks that yeah. But do you think to, that that imagine that today is a work day that they will be there at some stage? You haven't heard that. I said no. The meeting is on at eleven o'clock in the council this morning. So after okay. that, no, we should hear have some information from them. Okay, because what I've heard since, and this was an update from Councillor Garod Murphy, who was on with me yesterday morning with your good self. He said and has said again that this is only investigative work, not building work. That they're just checking the site to see if it's suitable. That's, that's fair enough, uh, Neil. But like we have people here who are know their construction stuff. Like they don't put stone in here to do investigation work. It's simple as that. What do you mean when you say stone? Built. I know they've made a temporary road and that. Yeah, isn't they've, it? they've 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 a road going in and then they've a big piece of of the land inside covered with stone. Like as we've been told, they don't do that. So if, if that's the case, the company will come in investigate the work and then they have to drag over all the stone on top of it. So have people who are, have people who work in construction told you exactly what that stone is about? Yeah, that, that, that's the site that they're going to start building on this. The exploratory works, they go in and check the ground and then come back out. Why would they drag in all that stone to be dragged back out again? All right, because uh, do you know whether or not modular homes, I imagine they don't need foundations, do they? Yeah, but they still need, they still need all the plumbing, storage, electricity, no. Well, like at the end of the day, Neil, it like as I said yesterday, and Carol can he can throw the race car at us all he wants and this and that. We're only worried about who's going to be put in here. It was all talking like No one said anything about it, and now they're saying to you for Ukrainian refugees. As I said, we're not racist. We don't care if the Ukrainian refugees. If there's women and children to get them, that's fair. But we're not. We're not going to leave them put it in and say nothing to no one and. Not even be offered. There's people in this town who take one of them modular homes in the shop. My no, brother no. there, no, sure. for, for a coincidence, he he's looking for a house. He have a child. He take one. There's other, other people up here. They're, they're and what, and what are they saying? What, what are they saying? Things like along the lines of why weren't modular homes built all along for people who exactly. were desperate? For why weren't they? Like I, I'll give you another one, uh, Neil. I'm part of Mallow Town Football Club. I coach the town. We're looking for a pitch off them for six years. Six years we're looking for a pitch off them. But yet they can come up here then within a couple of days and set this place, and not tell no one. So six like years, fine. six years you've been looking for um, a plot of land to lay out a pitch so kids in Mallow could play soccer. Yeah, we have three pitches scattered around the town, and that one of them is really suitable. We're out in the race course. We're up by St Patrick's National School, and we've another pitch up in St George's Road. And to be honest, none of them are, are up to standard. Like we need a base for our, our club. And, well, yes, and if you had that, you'd have kids, you know, not hanging around on the street, not That's getting it. into trouble, playing and ball. Like, with the sports complex now as well, Neil, there won't be a shovel put to that for another 12 months. You, you, you picked up on a point there that you said that he, he was talking, making comments about people being racist. Um, racist. He, like, he what, said, I'm devastated, I'm devastated at what some people have been saying about asylum seekers. Over the past two days, I've been told things which are disgustingly racist. There's no yeah, other way of putting narr- it. That's their narrative, Neil, because they have no answers for us. They don't want to answer our questions. So what will they do? Pull out the race card. Oh, you don't want to. It's not about refugees and put up here, Neil. As you said yesterday, and we all know, them contracts in the hotels are up. It's simple as that. Where are the men going to be put? Uh, if they are if they are single men, you'd be very worried. That's what you're saying. I'm very, very worried, Neil. Very worried. And especially where where this plot is. And, and another, another thing, they said there's three sites in Mallow. 
So if this site isn't good enough, where are the other two sites that they're going to look at? Okay. He, he also... Oh, you think there could be more than the... Uh... He said yesterday there were three sites proposed. They were told there were three sites proposed. This is the site they came up to look at. So if that's the case and this is not suitable... Where are the other two sites in Mallowtown? Because we haven't been told where they are. Okay, okay. But there's only 40 in total, though. 40 modular homes, 40 units. That's fair enough. And we, as I said, Neil, we don't care about them being built. What annoys us is this cloak and dagger about everything and then not even say, well, let's look, these are being built. Do you think they'd be a good idea for the community? We could offer some to the community and we are planning on putting Ukrainian refugees in. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Who are they Ukrainian refugees? Are they women and children? Like they, That's how they get this through because they're deeming this place to be emergency accommodation for Ukrainian refugees. But they have hundreds of men up in Sydney West and down Hawthorne Clarny who have, who have to come in and here with no papers. You had it on the radio yesterday that they were coming over with fake papers and why, I mean, that's why safety. He said, he said that if either. they don't build the modular homes in the likes of Mallow or indeed Mahan for refugees, they'll be literally forced to live in tents. And indeed, um, some of them are already living in tents. Neil, why what? don't they just stop them from coming in? Because the EU are paying the government to take these people. We have nowhere for them. Like, at the end of the day, it's not about being racist. We so, have to look after our own. And this morning now, the councillors are meeting, are they, to discuss it? 11 o'clock behind closed doors. Now you tell me why is why is that meeting behind closed doors when we when they can't consult, but yet they can announce the sports complex and everything two weeks before put it up and all. I Facebook. suppose if it wasn't behind closed doors, it could lead to pandemonium and uh, well, a, listen, and a racket. Neil, we, we there's there's plenty of us here. We the two or three of us could go up and put our point to it. We won't even ask to go up. We won't even say, "Here, lads, well, if you have concerns, come on up to the meeting." We'll outline what's going on. You can bring your concerns to us then. Can you so, do that? So after the diggers went in, after they laid out the ground with stone and gravel or whatever, after they built a temporary road, then they decide to have a council meeting to find out what's going on. It's oh, a bit, it's a bit kind of horse be- cart before the horse, isn't it? Yeah, what happened was they didn't think that we'd get wind of this. And then it was, when we did get but wind of it... But how could you not get wind of it? Sure, everybody would see the diggers going in there. But no, no... That's, that's how we got wind of it, Neil. In the morning, the, one of the residents who lives right next door seen him going in. And she was saying, what's going on here? She said, they got no notification, no one rang him, no one told them this was going to go on. As I said yesterday, man just paid off his mortgage two weeks ago, just a couple of metres away from the side again, and now he has to deal with this after he's paying off his mortgage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What? And who? they owned the land. It was just sitting there, was it? OPW owned the land, and they owned the aircon building next to the building. Doing nothing with it? Doing that, you used to see the building next to it, Neil. You used to see the building next to it. That they, I think they, I'd say maybe five or six people walk in that building. It's huge. They want to put somewhere for refugees or uh, Ukrainian refugees or whatever. There's a fine building there. Okay, There's and the people that there. live in the housing estates adjacent, they're private semi-Ds, are they? Yeah. Okay, and people with, with mortgages and huge loans on them. Mortgages. There's two big schools okay. just down the end of the road in the middle on top of the truck. But, like, the council have taken none of this into consideration. Not one thing, or not one thing we ha- we've said since. Not one of them has said, oh, well, let's, we, we actually think your objection is a, a bit right. Yeah, we, we, we should have consulted. Like, he was fast to say, oh, we should have consulted. They knew already, Neil. That's my point. They knew all this already, but not one of them since November came to any resident and said, well, let's hear this site has been proposed for this. Yeah, I think he, I think he did come out since and say that um, you know that he uh, is disappointed.
that neither the residents adjacent to the site nor the councillors were notified of the investigation works this they week. They know, but this is my point. They knew okay. about it. You said he, they know. He, he can okay. say he's disappointed, but they, they were up here in November looking okay. at the site. Okay, okay. So and what what do you hope to happen at 11 this morning then? Well, we hope to be told exactly if these houses are going ahead that they should be, some should be given to the community. Now, we're not against... That's Ukrainian not going refugees. to happen. But sir, this is my point. Why, why, why put everyone else first? Our town needs houses. Our towns need houses. It's simple as that, like. Okay, let's see what happens by 11 o'clock, I'm sure. I'd, I, I, I'd be very surprised, Neil, now if there's any difference or much information given to us at 11 o'clock. Because the chances are that the land is ideal for... You know, you oh, more, yeah, but yeah. see, they we were told a lot of lies again the night that it came down from the head office that the land wasn't good enough and uh, or they won't be working here. We came on the following morning and they were back in with more equipment. Like, I mean, I, I spoke to the foreman yesterday. I said, you stood there yesterday and told all the women that you're going out. I said, you're lying to us. You're trying to make a fool of us, is it? And you're trying to get this in without us having any say? What did the foreman say? Did he say that it was exploratory work, yeah? He said it was exploratory work. Okay. And in that evening, he told the crowd that was here, oh, no, the ground isn't good enough. And oh. he was smoking, smoking, telling them. Oh, well, I don't and know about anything about it. Let's leave, that, let's leave personalities out of it. But he, he, this is CISC, isn't it? They're the people that are in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And I asked him yesterday then, I said, if that's the case, you're being told these things to tell us. I said, how about sending the person being told, who's telling you, down to us and talk to us? Okay. Well, or let's, the council, however. Let's see what happens at 11 this morning. I don't know whether it'll be finished by the time I come off fire, but if it does, probably, uh, do, le- not. do yeah. let me know. Do let me know. Thanks, Jason, for now. Uh, just to get, get a, a spin on what's happening, okay, Mallow, but also in Mahan, um, and that would be City Council, a councillor of Ken O'Flynn is with Cork City Council. He actually may well know um, something with regards to the Mallow modular houses as well. Um, Ken, good morning. Good morning, Neil, and Happy New Year to and you. I think I've been speaking to you since. And Happy New Year, fair play to you. We got through. We got through January, and everybody's happy that it's payday. What, what do you make? What do you make of all of this? That all of a sudden diggers just arrive unannounced, much to the annoyance and anger of people who have mortgages and housing estates next to it. Well, I have to be honest with you. I was quite surprised. I was I was driving back into Cork. I was I was out of the county uh, yesterday, and uh, I was driving back into Cork. And I think probably about Tipperary, I was able to pick up your show, and I was able to pick up the last fifteen minutes of it um, from about Cashel Down. So that's the power of Red FM. Fair play. Um, no, I'm after declaring who I listen to on the radio all the time. But anyway. Uh, but look, it surprised me. You had a public representative on my show, uh, and you had you had members of the residents. Um, back in August, we were we were told as elected representatives in Cork City um, that OPW would be looking for sites that they had identified a site in in a, a couple of sites around the around the county, um, and that they had re- identified a site in the city. And now, well, it would be Mallow, Mahan. Perlis, Cavan Town, just and that, that was, and the, the ones that were identified to us in Cork City, St Michael's were Drive, where the Matins was the Matins site, yeah. and also, and we at that time back in August and back in October when it was confirmed to us, um, we were both we were all told that um, we're going for a site in Mahan and we're going for a site in Mallow. Now, there's no cloak and tagger. That's what was told to me by various officials, by OPW officials, by, by city council officials, and I even spoke to some county council officials. 
because I, I'd often ring Cork County Council for get things done near my constituency or adjacent to my constituency and things like that and I'd have a good relationship there and so I was quite shocked when I heard a public rep saying that they, he didn't know um, that this was all brand new news to him because I can guarantee you Neil, certainly in my line of work it is it is very open and very well known now what Cork City Council did um, in, consult- in consultation with the OPW when we confer- when it was confirmed to us that yes, the Mahan site is, is, is identified for modular homes. We all received an email from the, um, from the Director of Services telling us that this had been identified, giving us a link to um, a, a leaflet that was then distributed to the wider community in Mahan. And also they organised, in fairness, to City Hall, and they can be very critical of officials here at times, as you know, and I, I am very quick to call a spade a spade. Uh, they organised an open day in the Mahan Community Centre as well. And how did the people of Mahan take the news? Uh, people, people turned up, people had concerns, um, people had concerns, people had questions, uh, they were all answered and plans were made available to the people. I believe SISCs won the contract for these for these houses. I'm not telling any stories out of school, I think that's all public knowledge um, uh, for these modular homes. And actually, in fairness, the, 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 from what I understand, the feedback from OPW is that there were some concerns about uh, not security concerns, but there was concerns about right, about the extra amount of people and the uh, the focus on the medical centre, the focus on the strains that would be put on the traffic, the strains that would be put in the community centre, all that sort of stuff. And they were the big concerns. Uh, but in any article, in any article that I read, right, and I've read them in the Independent, and I read another one in the Examiner this morning, I can't find any mention of Mallow. I see Caventown, I see Mahan, I see Thurless, I see Sligo, Clare Morris. No mention of Mallow. Uh, no mention of Mallow. And, and look, Neil, Mallow isn't a constituency that I represent. No, but all uh, of a sudden then, SISCs are going into Mallow but, and, then, and the residents are saying, what's going on? Certainly. I, I, can, I can tell you that I knew about it as a city councillor who looks after Blackpool, Farnry, uh, and going, uh, going all the way to Glenmire. And I was aware about, uh, of it. But is it fair that, that modular homes would be picked to go into Mahan, for instance, which um, has, is, is a disadvantaged area for many people. They're, they're struggling as it is. They're, they're, they're trying to keep up. They're trying to keep their head above water. It's difficult for a lot of them. Um, you put in all of 64 modular homes, for instance. What happens if it's all single men? Well, you know, that's going to be the serious concern now um, going forward. And the reality is that we were, you know, when we were told we were taking on uh, refugees from Ukraine, and I think we're all in agreement that we were did, we did the right thing. I don't agree with the numbers that came in, being honest with you. I think I, I told you six months ago on your program that we're, we should stop now because we're, we're going to have these serious problems with overcrowding and we're going to be putting in seats. I predicted what's going to happen. I told you that. Uh, but look, you know, there's no point of crying over spilt milk. I think the reality is that we were told and sold the story that it was women and children were coming in from the Ukraine. And I don't think anyone has a problem with women and children coming in from the Ukraine. But Neil, I'm going to tell you something. There are properties being uh, bought up and being um, leased now by the OPW that nobody has getting, is getting the information because I'm looking for the information. I'm asking for the information for Cork in particular. Uh, but there are old convents, old monasteries, old community buildings, etc. Uh, those type of large buildings that are being bought. Actively being bought now, because I know they were being bought, being bought in the past. Are being, are, being, are, being leased, are being leased for two to three years. Two to three year leases are going into those. And I'm talking big, big, big 
old convents, etc., throughout the city and the county to house re- the refugee problem because hotels are putting out their contracts in the next couple of months. Okay, but I that. mean, what is your solution to it if people genuinely are here, and I've seen lots of them, lots no, of women and children I, traipsing look, the roads? I don't think that there's one person in Cork or Ireland has a problem with somebody genuinely escaping from tyranny and war. I really don't believe Is it the undocumented coming from countries that are not at war and tearing up papers? Well, you know what shocked me, Neil, and I spoke about a situation in Refugee Centre with you a couple of months ago. What shocked me is that you had somebody on who was claiming to be from Ukraine, who, when you did a small bit further investigation, turned out that he was from Pakistan. A, a fighting age, right? I don't know if that man was ever in Satan, Ukraine but all of a sudden he had Ukrainian passports. You have the other problem that we have people coming into the country, I think you said yourself yesterday, 300 people, undocumented people coming into this country, tearing up uh, their passports. No, 300 coming you know into what? the country per week. I didn't say they were all undocumented. Okay, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, no, look, I'm not, I'm, I'm, I'm not arguing with you. I'm, yeah. Look, there's a serious amount coming into the country undocumented. Now, we're very good in this country, as you know, at following European laws. Jesus Almighty, out of all the countries that we have in, in Europe, we're the best. Everything is, oh, we can't do this council because of this European regulation, that European regulation. We'd love to do it, but only Europe doesn't allow us to do it. It's funny that we're not following the European law when it comes to refugee status. Because if you're flying in from an Air France flight in from Paris to Cork or from Paris to Dublin or, or, or you're coming in from a, from a country and you're coming in without your passport... What we're required to do, and what we're required to do under European law, is send them back to the country of origin. Yeah, so I have an email that I read out in the moment from I a Cork man who's living in Australia, and he says, regards to people trying to enter Australia with no paperwork, you don't even get to leave the airport. You're sent packing back to where you came from, from the Correct. airport. Do, do you know of any other proposed sites? Okay, we know of Mallow and we know of Mahan. Is there any other proposed sites in Cork being considered now for modular homes? Do you know? For modular homes, I don't believe so. I know I do believe that there is a, a there, there's acquisition or, le- or long-term leases happening in a number of buildings. That no, I, I know that. I, I know that. But people have been firing other locations to be, none of which I'm going to name on air not, as, as being not that, not proposed that I sites. Received, not that I have received notification of. And I spoke, I spoke to a senior official yesterday in the city council asking, asking the same question. And I was told that Mahan was the only one on the proposal at the moment, the only solid thing that was there. And now nothing else had been discussed. And it was a very open and frank conversation. It wasn't, well, that's not on the documents. So I'm not going to discuss it. It was nothing that was discussed with us or nothing that was even suggested to us. Okay, okay. And, and is, is, okay, but, but modular homes, they're quite decent. I don't mean to be patronising now. They're not a, a, a three-bed semi-D with bricks yeah, and mortar, whatever. Well, but modular, modular homes now have gone, have gone from what we, you know... They're not porter cabins, let me put it like right? that. They're so, no longer porter cabins. So after Ukrainian families go home... They will be there and available for people to live in. Depend, depending on the type of modular home that is being produced, you can get. I know there's a company in Lamar, I think you had the man on the show, which not so long ago, that is producing modular homes that could last for 65 to 100 years. Look, the reality is, is that what we need, what, we, what I don't understand, Neil, about all of this, and I think what people are very annoyed about in general is how one particular group is being treated compared to the, our, our, our own people. And the, and the rapidity just, of it all, yeah. Just, look, yeah. 10 years ago, I was uh-huh. talking about modular homes. 
I was seeing what was being achieved in China, how we could build a hospital in three days in China and saying, Jesus almighty, lads, if we can do this in China, surely we can do the same thing here. And every stone and every barrier was thrown up against us in City Hall. It wasn't just myself, it was members of Sinn Féin as well and members of Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael were saying, Jesus, this is a great idea, we should be doing this. Yeah. We, have a, 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 yeah. we have a housing list with 10,000 people on it. Yeah, but I just and need to be very careful that we don't there's end up no making problem. people hate each other or cause division or cause tension, you but know, you know with misfortunes. There's the people that are responsible for causing the division in society at the moment are the people that are run, run, running our government. Okay, okay. We had a man, we had a man, we had a, we had a, we had a, a former Taoiseach decided that he was going to rock and roll with this and we were going to take in as many people as we could. We've taken in more people, by the way, we've taken in more people than Denmark, far better economies than our, our, ours are far more land than we have. We uh, that don't have housing crisis, by the way. We have, we, have a, we, have a, we have a government overseeing a gigantic housing crisis. And Neil, I think I told you this story before. Somebody stopped me and said, look, I have no problem with these people coming in. I have no problem with anyone coming in. But my daughter and my son-in-law are inside in a camp bed in my front room yeah. with two grandchildren. Yeah. They're both working and they can't afford to buy a house. Saving for a ticket to Australia. They don't qualify for a council house because they're earning over 40,000. She said, there's nobody giving me 400 or 800 now. Uh, a year or a month to keep the, to keep this family off the streets. Okay, hold on there if you don't mind, because I just want to get a couple of calls. How unequal things are. Yeah. Okay, hold on. Tommy's standing by. First up, Shannon. Hello. Uh, are you in Mahan? I am. Okay. Is it a question for Councillor Ken O'Flynn? Uh, yeah, it is. Actually, I was just wondering if he has any idea as to why uh, the refusal was put in for the two hundred apartments that were earmarked for the Saint Michael's Drive uh, land. There was supposed to be 200 apartments ranging up to three blocks, five to seven storeys each for council tenants. I was just wondering why it is that that got stopped and then the Ukrainian modular homes followed. So, so you know that planning was refused for the very same land to build city council apartments for council the tenants. Planning, the planning actually got, it got permitted and then it got refused by TELUS. It was a Canadian company sitting on one side of the land. Oh, okay. They, there was objections. They, they put the block in. Well, isn't that the reason that why the then? City, the City Council. But it was, why is it that they were able to put a block in with the City Council for apartments but 250 modular homes or 250 people for 64 modular homes is able to go into the land instead when that was earmarked for council tenants when we have a massive overcrowding issue down in Mahan. And how do you feel about the modular homes going down in Mahan? In all honesty, I don't mind the idea of modular homes going down there if they are for women and children, like Terry Shannon told us they were. Now, I won't know if it is women and children until the people actually go in there. So, like when the people are down there, I will be going down and I will be having a look. I'm not going to be rude. I'm not going to be out of the way of and but if they if they turn out to be to international protection order men, single men, how will you feel? Oh, well, obviously, then it's, it's going to be taken very differently. The whole reason we're protesting down here is from what the government has done across the country. From what we can see, the damage that they've caused now. That's the whole reason why we're protesting. Why? What damage? By whom? Uh, well, they're bringing in unvested military-aged men, mostly... I think it's recorded through the government's figures that it's about 400 Ukrainians in the country where we have 3,000 Georgians. Uh, Georgia isn't in war. Um, so most of the Georgians coming in are actually men. Yeah, it was more likely very to be upwards of over 70, 75,000 Ukrainians. So, so 
how in, how in the loop are you in Mahan? When are the modular homes going to be, when is the site going to be levelled and the modular homes built? Uh, the, well, the modular, the modular homes get built off-site. The site is currently being levelled. And we're, we were told we're looking at them going in around March, April. But you were kept in the loop all along, were you? Um, no. Uh, we had to do weeks of protesting in order to get acknowledged by any of our local councillors. Uh, Donica O'Leary, I think, was the only one who actually responded to any of our emails. Um, but how did you hear initially about Mahan being picked? Uh, through the news. <laughs> it went up on the news first that Mahan was after being picked as a modular house. Okay, so before that, nobody through. contacted any of the residents down there? No, you didn't no get a flyer? No, was made aware in Mahan beforehand, no. Okay, so same carry-on as in Mallow then? Yeah, exact same. Yeah. Make the announcement, but don't bother telling the people who already live there. Yeah, exactly. They're just trying to kind of sneak them in anywhere they can and hope that by the time they're in, that these communities, like obviously once someone has a roof over their head, over their head you're not, firstly, you're not going to be able to get them out because it's not as easy as that. They, like they have a legal obligation to be there now that they have a roof over their head. So I think what the government are planning to do is just house as many of these people as what they can and by the time they're housed there's absolutely nothing that can be done about it Okay, okay, thank you for that Let me talk to Tommy just fast but Tommy, did you want to have a question to Councillor Flynn, was it? No, no, I have no question for Councillor Flynn I want to commend him because we're after getting more information off of Councillor Flynn than we're after getting for our own councillors here in Mallow You live so, in the beaches in Mallow, do you? No, I'm close to the estate of Mallow but like we, Mallow is kind of like Cork City we call it the north side and the south side we yeah. go over the bridge and you know and we're all in the community over here like as it stands Neil, we're Still pin of our colours regards facilities, like we, even to find it in uh, for a doctor's appointment, we're to the pin of our colours. So, like if we're adding another 150 residents to this side of the bridge, you know we're going to be in trouble with that. The, the schools, there's waiting this for the secondary schools for kids to get into. This. You know, it's just it's just lunacy what's going on here. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, we don't have the facilities. Look, it's not just like uh, Gerard Murphy is calling us racist. It's not a bit about racism. Like Councillor um, Offaline said, he knew about it in August. But yet Gerard Murphy has told us that he knew nothing at all about this happening. So he's telling us a lot of lies as well. Like, who, I don't know, we're not being told the truth. We're after getting more after Council Orphan than we did off our own council okay. here. Do you think I get more at 11 o'clock this morning then at the well, council hopefully, meeting? but I don't know what's happening. Like, there's nothing, as it stands here, there's a security guard, there's no work going on here, there's no workers here. So, but like, if this... If Has it, it a ca- is like, it a case, could that happen, Ken, that they would say, stop work pending the meeting? Just wondering, does anybody? Oh, Ken's gone. But do you think that maybe, Tommy, that could be the reason why? Stop work. I'd be pending. reckoning so, yeah. I'd be thinking so. You know, like, I think the backlash that they're getting here, no, it's a peaceful protest. There's no one, you know, there's no hassle here. But, like, I think they've been told, look, stand down till we see what happens in this meeting. But, like, this cloak and dagger stuff, as Jason said, like, if it's a council meeting, could we not have representatives for the community be allowed to attend this meeting? Well, maybe? I think representatives should have been allowed. Maybe not an That's open exactly forum. It. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, but like yeah. even if okay. we, one or two of the, the, the protesters here should should be allowed to attend. Look, it's peaceful protest. We just have quite questions that we're not getting answers to. Okay. All right. Thanks, Tommy. Let's see what happens later on this morning. If there's an update, I'll come back to it. Back after the break. Text 0868104106. Hey, it's Dave. Join me weekdays from four for Dave Max Drive, where I'll help get you home or give you a little lift at home. Big hits, loads of fun features and traffic info. What more could you need? Join me weekdays from four. Dave Max Drive. Get it off your chest. 
Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Red FM. I'll come back to calls in a few minutes' time. I just want to just catch up on some texts and things like that. Oh, yeah, somebody yesterday sent me a, a WhatsApp note, some audio of a story that was supposedly uh, truthful and accurate down in West Cork, and it was uh, not. Um, in fact, we got onto the school. We didn't get a response from the school, uh, Skibbereen Community School, but they did then issue a text to all parents. It had to do with um, rumours that were circulating in a WhatsApp audio message about the school, um, and it was widely circulated, claiming uh, that a student in Skibbereen Community School was identifying as a cat and that there was an altercation with the teacher as a result. Uh, the, the message, the audio, I had it, I'm not playing it, I'm not going to play it, but it said the message claimed that the student meowed at the teacher and the teacher barked back at the student, that the student was identifying and wanted to be identified as a cat. So that was the story that was doing the rounds. We contacted uh, Skibbering Community School. We didn't hear anything uh, back. But in fairness, they did take it seriously. Uh, and they were made aware of this voice messages, which which was being circulated all over the place. So they got on to the parents and the guardians of the students. And they said, we've been made aware of a WhatsApp message circulating about the school. The message is without foundation and has no element of truth. Um, and the appropriate authorities have now been informed. Uh, so that was fake, right? There was no student in Skibbereen Community College identifying as a cat. And there wasn't an altercation between the student and the teacher when the student meowed and the teacher barked back as a dog. Not true. Just one of these jokes that, you know, grow legs. Um, on modular homes and refugees, regarding the conversation, when the question is asked, did you ever emigrate? The answer would be yes. But the difference is you wouldn't be left anywhere without a passport, nor would you receive a medical card, unemployment benefit or be housed. So there is no comparison to the current storylines, says Burr. I don't know how true this is, but several people I know have said that they are hearing Ukrainians will be allowed to vote in the next local and general elections. I know absolutely nothing about that. Again, it could be truthful. It could be just rumour. But we'll certainly have to check it out. Fair dues to the people of Mallow. They're right in everything they say. I'd say the councillors haven't a clue because it's been pushed through even without the say-so of Mallow councillors. Um, one or two more. The undocumented refugees should be instantly deported. Refugees are one thing, but people coming in under international protection orders without documentation should not be allowed. The Ukrainians will never return home. Why, in all honesty, would they with the Irish welfare system? Uh, can you please remind me again how many undocumented Irish there are in the US? Lots. I can get the figure. How hard do our politicians work to get them legal? Wasn't there a report recently that said 60% of Ukrainians say that they will stay here and they won't go home? Uh, and there's lots more. Modular homes for the Irish. My daughter and partner are working hard all week and not even on a housing list because their earnings are too high. No site safety in place either, it appears, uh, for, um, well, I can't say anything with regards to safety. I think the companies that would be involved in the work in putting in um, the uh, modular homes on site would have the highest amount of safety. Uh, there is supposed to be another site in Mahan um, where they're, well, it says here, they've been at it for the past month. A worker told me that on a second site in Mahan, there'll be modular homes ready for April. Again, I don't know how true that is, but the government is under the thumb of the EU, says Pat. They can't even sort out their expenses, for God's sake. 
uh, listening and reading, uh, I do not see any wars in Albania, Egypt or Georgia. And last night, a family from Romania. The government is turning people against people. Yes, the Irish left our shores in the past. That you can't deny. Uh, it's not about being racist. Uh, we have no room for anyone. We have far too many refugees as it is. There will be a massive backlash towards refugees and it will be of the making of our government. Most people are concerned and find this unacceptable. Um, can't help but ask the question over and over again, Neil, why don't they make modular homes for Irish homeless people? Um, and somebody else suggesting I'm naive. You said after the Ukrainians go home, the modular homes will be available for Irish people. I'm naive. And a final one, as the documented sur- undocumented surge continues, O'Gorman is also saying that in future, people from climate-changed countries will also be able to come. Well, this country is one of those countries where many of the citizens are not being treated well anyway. The homeless figures are shocking, and you won't see any politicians feeding people nightly. It's put on the charities and brilliant lay people to do that kind of work. It is not a good picture. Uh, says Anthony. So thank you for all of those. There are other texts and other topics. Just to answer your question on undocumented Irish in the US, uh, it was recently said uh, by Dennis Nocton in the Dáil that every parish in Ireland had an average of 20 undocumented Irish citizens in the United States of America. There's 2,509 parishes in Ireland. And if you do the maths, it make it's made out to be 50,000 I have to say that there's a lot more, an awful lot more. There'd be more than 50,000 undocumented Irish in New York alone, I would say. Never mind the whole of North America. Anyway, texts and calls on the way. Text 0868104106. Talk to Neil Prenderville now. 0818104106. Cork's Red FM. On a free food Friday, so at least 15 of you will be fed. Actually, up to 20 of you, to be honest. There's loads of food. Chicken wings to start, chicken skewers and beef skewers. Then the chicken wraps, chicken pittas and fabulous beef burgers. Basted in the famous piri piri sauce. Lovely sides as well. The piri salted fries which are great. They've got a great kick to them. Rice as well. And the new side, waffle fries with the piri mayo and the garlic mayo. And then to round it all off, a massive cheesecake with lots of different toppings so you can build your own cheesecake. All right, so that's Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. So shout outs this morning for everybody at Smurfit Kappa, Absolute Property Group in Bandon, to all of the gang at Tidy Mechanical Repairs in Ballycoreen, to Laura National School, to Union Hall Smoked Fish, Striker in Carrick Tool are listening, Pat McDonald Paints in the Commons Road, uh, all of the checkout girls in Duns in Douglas, uh, Easy Living Interiors in Little Island to end January on a high, to Shipping Solutions. Morning, Andrea and all of the hardworking staff. The Puffin Ward, which is the children's ward in the CUH. Mary and all of the staff. To everybody working at uh, the St. Christopher Ward in Marymount Hospice. We would love to win for our finance department at Dornan Engineering. January payday doesn't come around till next week. <laughs> what a bummer. What a total bummer. Bridgewater Homes in Kerry Pike. Blockwall Developments in Ballanglana. Everybody at Rathbeacon Fireplaces. JK Painting and Decorating down in Glanmire. Topman Barbers in Ballancolic. Eurocar Parts. Sorry, Europe Car at the airport. Uh, CS Hair Design and Salon in Watergrass Hill. Honey Browns Hair in Ballancolic. Loretto Loretta Secondary School in Fermoy. Morning to Rita and all of the gang. Ross Oil. Joe Buckley in the Passport Office and all of the staff there. Keita Products. GRP Roofing. Countrywide Drains in Dripsy, Donsworth Office Supplies, Cork Metal in Dublin Hill, 
PFH in Little Island and All Round Beauty in Mayfield. I love the one from CS Hair Salon in, Car- in Watergrass Hill. Um, just from the point of view of that there's a big hen this planned weekend. One of the girls, Susan, has her hen night this weekend and they say it would be a great celebratory start for her weekend. So keep those texts coming. Text who you are and where you are to 086 8104 We'll have more shout outs in about a half an hour's time. To the phone lines. Barry, good morning. Yeah, how are you doing? I'm I just good. wanted to say that, um, you know, Roger Gorman has said that we have a legal obligation to be taking these people in. We actually don't. Uh, justice and immigration, and I think there's something else. We can make our own decisions on it, and it doesn't affect our position in the EU. I'm not quite sure what kind of uh, agreement was made within the EU at Brussels level, but they certainly did say that we have an obligation. Um, not, no. a, not a law, but an obligation. No, we don't have an obligation. We have an obligation to be housing our own people that are on the streets. Well, we, I That's suppose we have an obligation to do what all of the other European Union countries have done, and that is to take no, Ukrainian refugees. Justice and immigration are up to our, ourselves, our government. But how could you and refuse, can, Barry, and be the only... Is there any other country in Europe that has refused? I, I think Iceland can as well. And they are, uh, before the UK left the EU, they had four options that they could uh, re- refuse as well. Did they, though? I don't know. I'm not living there. I'm living in this country. And you walk past people on the street, they are Irish homeless people. And they're flooding the country with these economic migrants. We don't have any obligation to be taking these people in or housing them, for that matter. If they want to come here, let them come here to work, you know? Like the Irish immigrants all over the world. Um, We either worked or we died, you know? There are thousands of Ukrainian refugees working, you know? Well, that's great. Yeah. They have to be paying bills into the system as well, not just getting handouts, you know? Yeah. So you, you don't think even on the basis that their home country was being bombed, that the cities and in villages... In 2014, when the war started. I mean, that's when this is going on, isn't it? Okay. So, I mean, it didn't just start in February. All right, okay. So what, what would you do? What would you do now? Stop, if, is it? How do you mean? Well, it's just close the borders, is it? To close the borders? I suppose that's one way of... Or police the borders. You don't have to close the borders. If you have papers to come into the country, well and good, you know? I mean, it's it's common sense, really, you know? Like, what we should be able to do now, if these centres, right, if they say 20% of the people are after losing their papers. So we should go to the Gardaí as communities and we should say, listen, we think people in there are after breaking the law. If those Gardaí don't do anything about it, we should be able to take legal action against that Gardaí, against his superintendent over the station and against the Garda commissioner to enforce the laws that we already have. We have the Dublin Tree rule and we have the Amsterdam rule. Like okay. any Why? countries that have been married or that have partners or applied for um, asylum in other countries or have their fingerprints taken in other countries, it's up to those countries that have the fingerprints taken that they first came to. Like, they should be sent straight back there. We, shouldn't, we actually don't have to be paying for these at all because... This would be the international protection orders where you have primarily men, not always, but an awful lot of them are, coming from non-war yeah. countries into Ireland and a lot of them tearing up their documentation. How in the name of God are getting into the country without passports that's and documentation? Like, that's, that's breaking the law. Like, that's um, just bizarre. That's bizarre. So, and uh, that's what needs to do. People need to, people need to go to Gardaí and tell them that, look, these centres here, they're people profiteering centres. They're government people profiteering centres and nothing more. 
Oh, I mean, actually, there is some truth in that because in the UK, they have a big, big problem with trafficked trafficking gangs who are making millions yeah. by, by what and you're no, actually talking about now. I don't know, they're saying... That Organizing they're passage for people into the UK. Yeah, I know they're, um, they're saying in Ireland that they're only going to take refugees with children. What you're going to see now is these people stealing children in countries in, in ah, well, that's poor a bit, that's countries. A bit well, I, I mean, look, isn't there a way of getting into the country? Yeah, if well, I just have a child with me, there's no papers. How are you going to know? You want to be very desperate now to get into a country and steal a child to do it, wouldn't you? Well, I don't know. Okay, all right. Okay, thanks for that, Barry. Interestingly, just following up on that, I have a chap that's uh, from Cork but is living in Australia for the past 16 years. He says, great show, listen all the time. Only really started listening to your podcasts a few months ago. Bit of a dinosaur when it comes to technology. People love the podcasts overseas of my program because it means they can listen anytime. But on the subject of uh, what you've raised over the last few weeks, here's my toppings worth. Australia is arming and training Ukrainians to fight Russia. But we've only taken 6,000 people through a visa system since the war began. As regards other people trying to enter Australia with no paperwork, you don't even make it from the airport. You're sent packing back to where you came from. There is a big issue with migrant gangs in some parts of the bigger cities in Australia. On the issue of uh, dogs, they're not dogs anymore. They are people's babies. This is just kind of observances from Australia. You know, dogs as pets. He says they're not actual pet dogs anymore. People in Australia, many of them, treat them as if they are their babies. I see people pushing their dogs around in prams, carrying them in backpacks. The dogs wearing baseball hats and sunglasses. Um, I have actually seen dogs being pushed around in prams. You can buy a dog pram now. It's quite common. I, I don't know why. I, I really don't. I mean, like, surely be to God, dogs would need exercise. I don't know. Maybe they have bad hips. On the subject of your recent conversation regarding Australian bars not serving shots, that's not true. I've often got uh, rounds of shots at a bar and also at racehorse days, which usually start at 11 o'clock in the morning and finish about 4.30 in the afternoon. At 11 in the morning, it's like a fashion show with the style. At 4.30 in the afternoon, it's like the crowd spent the day working on a farm in their Sunday best. You have people falling around the place drunk and using the gardens along the street as public toilets. When I say this, I include men and women. Don't get me wrong, I love living here. If you work hard and try to have a better life, the opportunities are here. Every time I listen to your show, it makes me think I made the right decision years ago. Oh my God, I hope not, because we try and accentuate the positive as well as the negative about Ireland. Also, on the teacher up the country, Enoch Burke, if he showed up at school and asked all the kids to call him Miss instead of Sir, or dressed as a woman, how would that go down with the parents and the school staff? Um, that's me for now. Don't give up my details, as my pals back home would give me a slagging uh, for sending you an email. But good luck trying to keep everyone happy and keep up the good work. So that's an email from a Corkman down in Australia. It's interesting. Oh, yeah, and Enoch Burke did turn up to school this morning. Um, and this is the last day that he'll be able to do that without being fined because from 2 o'clock this afternoon, the fines will be imposed, which means there will be a fine if he does the same Monday morning, 700, and Tuesday morning and Wednesday morning, and so on and so forth. Back to the phone lines we go. Actually, interesting with regards to uh, that Australian uh, email. Stephen, good morning. 
morning, sir. How are you? And you're an Adelaide man, isn't that right? From down around South That's Australia. That's correct. And I like the way you've led me in there with all that Australianism. How about, how about all the things he said? Can you relate to much of that? I can, unfortunately. I actually, I don't feel homesick either when you start talking about all that stuff. I really don't. <laughs> <laughs> you prefer it here, do you? I actually do. Yeah, I really do. I mean, the weather's fairly good, actually. Where I come from, it didn't rain for seven years. Now, just imagine that. Uh, anyway, just lovely chatting with you. Um, a quote, I've been talking about a lot of different points recently with regards to the life and times of how Ireland is and how we're getting on and, you know, how we're going to survive all of these different charges and increases and everything. Tell us yeah. a little bit about your own life. Well, well, I worked in a company called Power and Water Authority, which is a bit like... Um, the ESB and Irish Water joined together, and we looked after an area, probably the Northern Territory, I suppose, five to ten times the size of England. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a huge area, but only a few, num- only a small number of major power stations, five major power stations. So the vastness and the remoteness of it. So when you, when you came here, what was the reason for that? I got married, um, married for 27 years. An Irish girl? Yes, yes, yes. I'm sorry, two children here. One's actually now in Canada. So did you meet in Australia down in Adelaide? Tennant Creek, yep, Tennant Creek, yep. I could talk about Tennant Creek all night long, but I won't. And where was your wife from? Cork. What part? Uh, Mitchelstown. Oh, and Mitchelstown. Is, that, is that where you relocated to her family, to her hometown? Yeah, and strangely enough, only five years ago, I found out that my grandmother came from Mitchellstown. Isn't that weird? If you trace the Australians back far enough, you'll mm. find that yeah, most well, of them... My great-great-great-grandmother stole a, horse in Dub- uh, stole a watch in Dublin. Wow. You know that. <laughs> I know that. I've got the, I've got the rap sheets. Oh, you actually... Got... That stole, a, stole a horse from Nathaniel Wedd Esquire in Trumpington. So you have the court order... Yeah. That sent, is it, was it your great-grandmother to Australia for great, stealing a watch? Great-great-great-grandmother, 1810, and my great-grandmother my came from Mitchellstown. Because once you've got Irish in the family, you, it comes back in again and again and again. I know, but that rap sheet from <coughs> 1810, was it because she was just so poor? Oh, I don't know why she did it. I wasn't there at the time, strangely enough. But, um, <laughs> what did it say, but what did it say on the sheet? Oh, she stole a watch was obviously caught and deported. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. And he was sent out on the HMS Calcutta, which is the first gunship used as a uh, instead of privateers. So there's only seven people died on that ship instead of about 30, which is the average out of 300. That's amazing. Do a lot of people in Australia trace their life stories like you did? There would be quite a few, yeah. yeah. It's quite popular to have someone in your family that's a... Comment, uh, you know, a convict. You actually got in touch because earlier, because your background is in engineering, and I was talking about the fact that we all go around turning off lights and closing doors and giving out about the immersion and the cost of energy. But I was saying that um, if if you're constantly going around turning off the lights in a house that no one's in the room, it's actually only saving you twelve euro fifty a year. Uh, well, it depends. Which to, to me, anyway, when I heard that number, I yeah. thought it was a pointless exercise. I might as well give up. You have to quantify it when you make these statements, right? So look at a 50-watt light bulb, which would be relatively large. Not not huge. I mean, 100 watts biggish for a household. So a 50-watt light bulb running for a full day is 50 cents. 
or 25 cents. Depends on whether you've got the high or low rates. That's roughly the number, okay? So 50 cents for a light bulb, 50 watt light bulb to be on 24 hours a day. 50 cent. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, now that's... At that's 50, 3.50 a that's week. A, yeah, that, yeah. And then you multiply that out and you've got a significant number. So it's significantly more than €12.50 a year then? Depending on how many lights you've got on and how much power each light consumes. Yeah, now, so I'm running LEDs, but there's a lot of people in this world that can't afford them. So they'll be running incandescent bulbs and they could have 300 watts on. But you can't... Oh, yeah. But you can't get those bulbs anymore. She can't. They're not very short supply. The old old ones. No, I don't think you can... I think you still get them if you look hard enough, but um, a lot of people still got them. Okay. So what what would the figure be if it's not 12.50 a year on average turning off lights? Is it likely to be hundreds? Yeah, it could be. I know a place that's lit up like a Christmas tree not more than 500 metres from me and they, they must have... 200 euros a month electricity bill just on lights it sounds stupid but I mean you should see it it's like it's like the HMS victory going past the house so even even one 50 watt bulb costing 50 cent every 24 hours what's that a year did you do the maths on it I didn't work it out but you know it works out to 5 euros for 10 days you know you multiply that by 30 you've got 300 days huge number isn't it it is so I turn off all the lights, <laughs> except for the light in the room that I'm in. I'm going to go back my to my old habit room. then. I'm going back to the old habit of turning off yeah. lights and closing doors because it could save we've me. Always run, we've always run one room warm and the rest of the house cold unless we're in there. And then we open up the doors and we heat up the other rooms, right? I maintain that probably saves around about 25% of, electric, of energy bill just on the heating. So the bedrooms are cold and I'm warm in this room. Now, Neil, your your staff know about my background. My my wife passed away a year and a half ago. Yeah, Kevin was telling me that sadly she did. Yeah. That must have broken yeah. your heart. Yep. Yeah, Indeed. tough. Yeah, tough, tough. How, you, but, how have you, you know, coped? How have you coped? Life goes on. <clears throat> I'm not happy she passed away, but I'm happy she's not suffering. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Was she suffering for some time, yeah? Oh, yeah, two years, yeah. Awful to have to go through that and also for you to watch it. So now here my message is I'm sitting in an empty house, right, and I know that not long ago I had a 200 euro per year, per year, per month electricity bill, and last month it was five euros, four euros 36, and the previous month was 43. So it's not supposed to be five, I know that. There's probably an error there or it's a miscalculation. But my bill has gone from 200 euros a month then to 40. Why? Because I turn off all the bloody lights because my children aren't here anymore. <laughs> it's not lit up like a Christmas tree and I don't have the oven running when you're warming up the pizza. You know, it's, if you turn something on, it costs you money. Full but stop. Hold on a second. Your, your bill was 200 euro. For Easily, sometimes three. For what? Gas or electric? Electric alone. Okay. Um, for years. For, t- for two months. For years, no. For, for years, so that was a month for you. Per month. Per month. For years and years and years, yep. And now it's down to 43. I'll just check that for you. So that's insane. I mean, how, how, oh, no. how do you heat the house? So that's for 63 days. So, I'm, I've, you know, that's what my last one. I heat the house with uh, 
with a wood stove. Ah, yeah. So you need to look at how much you're costing to run the stove then. Yeah, but that cost me next to nothing because I grow lots of trees. Okay. I cut All my right. trees. Okay. Okay. You're in, a, um, you're, in a, you're in a fairly good place then if you've got a 40 euro electricity bill for 63 days and you have a wood-fired stove. Yeah, yeah. God almighty. I don't go on five-star holidays. But what about your bed? How do you heat the bedroom or the hall or the sitting room? Well, you don't have to because you just walk through there. You go to bed and you warm in the bed. You know, it's better to have a cool environment to sleep in. Are you getting on with your life? Are you getting on with your life? Absolutely, since, yeah. absolutely. You have to. You can't live in the past. You have to look at the past to plan a better future for the best now you can possibly have. Lessons so, are all in the past. Lessons are absolutely everything you know is coming from the past. People were making you feel as if you should have sat in a corner um, and, uh, you know, give up after your wife died. I, I don't know why people would... Did they, 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 surely, they, did they make you feel that way? Oh, they didn't really make me feel that way, but I know quite a few people did feel that way themselves and couldn't understand why I don't feel that way. Strangely enough, it happened to my grandfather as well, and his wife came from Mitchell's town. Well, just to quote, just to quote says, <laughs> people said that you should feel like you should sit in a corner in the darkness with a bottle of whiskey, but you make yeah. no apologies for having a life still to lead. I make no apologies. I have a Christmas tree on early in the year, like November, turn on the TV, colour TV. I don't, I don't stop like certain people would have me stop. When a loved one or a partner dies... Absolutely. Yeah. Why? Yeah. Well, she wouldn't want me to. I was just going to ask you that. I was just going to say she probably wouldn't want you to. No, definitely not. So how do you? I've so so people. how? Do, so what? Do, what do you do to live life? Well, I've more or less retired. I'm, I'm still working part time a little bit here and there, um, and without raving about that, I have a few motorbikes. Um, I have too many to count sometimes. Really? Like, how many? Yeah. How many motorbikes have you bought in your Somewhere life? Somewhere between 10 and 12 at the moment, and I'm looking at another two right now. Uh, for God's sake, man, what do you want 14 motorbikes for? Oh, you can't have enough motorbikes. What? No, you can't have enough motorbikes. not possible. You won't stop till you've one, one for, for every, every day of the month. Yeah, well, maybe, yeah. Look, one for every month's fine by me. Uh, <laughs> uh, you've got different sort of bikes for different occasions. If you go out in the road, you use one bike. If you go out on the highway, you use another bike. You want to go long distance, you use another bike. They're cheap. They're all cheap. They're dirt cheap. So, Some like, do you, like do, you start, do you start from a, do you start with a moped and go all the way up to a 1600 Harley or something? Well, I've got, an, I've got two 1100s. One's... Um, it, it's a uh, V-Star 100, which is like a Harley copy. It's a Yamaha. I had one, of, actually, Honda. funnily enough, I had one of those, Stephen, the V-Star Yamaha. I think it was an oh, 11, exactly. I think it was 1100, I think, was it? Exactly the same as mine. With all the chrome, the foot plays, the whole lot. All the chrome. That's exactly what I've got is one of them, right? Yeah, where do you go on those big bikes? Well, that one haven't gone anywhere on the damn thing yet, but I will soon because I've just put a new engine into it, so... Um, mm. That's that's my summertime. I'm trying to decide between that and my other big bike, which is uh, a V4 ST. It's called a Pan European 1100. It's it's actually a uh, American police bike. It was used for the police pursuit bike. So, will you do and long trips? Have you done long trips on the bikes? 
Oh, I've been to Dublin and back, but not not, not any further than that yet. See, I'd, I didn't ride a bike here for 30 years because why would you in our Irish weather, you know, to quote... That's why, well, that's where I gave up in the end because the weather was just killing yeah. me and the potholes. And I, and the... I'm our Irish roads with our Irish drivers. I mean, I'm the worst. I'm just saying that why would you do it when you come from Australia where there's huge, great expanses? And, ah, yeah, and I know. Things. That's yeah. the downside, so, yeah. yeah. And For... then I had kids, so no, 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 I didn't have them. And then one day I woke up and said, hang on, um, the fellow who played the drums in my lounge room, played bass guitar in my lounge room in a band three times, said, you've got to get a motorbike. So I did and then you got uh, another, and, and another, and, and another, another, and another. Because you see, the first one I bought was only a 125, and I bought it to go for a ride with a 67-year-old bloke. 84-year-old guy, he's actually 84 now. I'm going to press me to Life is for living, man. You should plan a big it road is. trip up the uh, southwest coast of Ireland, down around West Cork, and up the west coast. to the Wild Atlantic well, Way on one of the big bikes. Last year, I took my uh, pan-European from Castle Gregory over to... Uh, Nearly down to Castletown Bird, but back across to Clonakilty. Best ride of my life. Sounds fab. Fantastic. You had no excuses this summer because the weather was so great. Just, just, just back, just finally on the point of you know your wife passing away and you getting yeah. on with your life. Do, do you do you think that it's an Irish thing? that later in life when one partner dies, or even say, for instance, where a wife dies and the couple are elderly, that the man just gives up? Oh, that's a bit of a tough one. It's an Irish thing. Um, I can't really say it's an Irish thing. I, I, I think you're probably right, I suppose, to a certain degree. There's probably a large amount of people that would tend to give up, given those circumstances. Um, you see, I, I often say that Australians are like the Irish. But you see, this, the Australians don't give up, no matter what. And so I think that's why I'm influenced this way. Yeah, yeah. I did, like, my, I, but you're not lonely, no, without her? Oh, yeah. 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 But, you know, what do you do? Get on a motorbike and meet people. The funny thing is, if you meet someone on a motorbike, talk to you. You don't talk to people in cars. You ride down the road and you get out of the car and everyone's looking at you, you walk past you, get off a motorbike. Like I pulled up in Donegal last year in my van. There's a guy on an Enfield motorbike. My heritage name from London, one of my names is Breslin, okay? I get off the van and here's this Enfield motorbike and I start talking to this guy. I had a plan to go into a pub in Glenties and meet someone called Breslin, because the Breslins come from there. And yeah. I thought, if I find them, I'll find the family tree link to my Breslins. And it just so happened that this guy, his last name was Breslin. And it's only because he had an infield I stopped talking to him. Yeah, yeah, and we, yeah. And, and we went out. And my point is that motorbike people tend to talk to each other. And yeah, but, like, don't, but Irish people tend to talk to other Irish people, don't they? We're very, do you not find that, that we're very chatty? I sat in the pub last night for two hours and no one talked to me. Really? In Mitchellstown? Yeah. <laughs> Did you not know anybody there? Yeah, I know people in there. I'm weird, though, you see. I just say what I think. <laughs> they might, have, they might be just avoiding you, Stephen. Probably. I don't Absolutely. See, I don't see why. <laughs> I, uh, you should get to know me better, then you'll avoid me. 
unfortunately I don't have that privilege I don't have that luxury <laughs> but get yourself on a road trip this summertime and let me know where you're going to go I will I will I will I absolutely will I've got a plan to get back up to Donegal and I've got a plan to go and see my mate who I've met there over in Chorley this is actually I think a distant relation of mine and um, drive safely he, look, drive safely and look yeah, after yourself keep on the left and <laughs> that's the most important you know? thing stay on the left hand side no. of the road alright my man back. and well well done nice chatting take turn care of yourself <laughs> that's turn it thank you for the tip motorbike. I'm going to get yeah I think, I think I might buy a moped for the summer <laughs> I've got one of them if you want one I'll lend it to you <laughs> good luck look after yourself Stephen in Mitchellstown text 0868104106 so um, it does add up to a pretty penny doesn't it although some people People have been talking, you know, leaving lights on around the house. What are you talking about with the 200 euro? The 200, this is the credit that you get, three by two, and apparently it could be four by two. The 200 is something from the government. My last bill was 400 euro. My bill from a few days ago included the 200 so-called handout for the government, and my bill was 600 euro. What's the point? What's the point? Um, it's laughable that people think they are doing this for us. It's a cartel, a sneaky cartel. I've lost all faith in you. Years ago, you would stand up for the Irish people. What have I What have I done wrong? What have I done wrong? I complained and I was given out that the 200 was just a sop um, because the energy companies were making huge and continue to make massive profits. The only areas were really within the stock market over the last two years they'd made any kind of profits at all was oil and energy and mining companies. But yet the bills still go up. I believe that we're being sold up up with regards to all of the prices being because of the Russian invasion of Ukraine. I don't think that is the case at all. But some might say, and I suppose if there's nothing else going, who would refuse, you know, three by 200 or four by 200? I know what you're saying, but for many people, it makes a huge difference. Anyway, agree or disagree, text 0868 104 106. Call the Neil Prenderville Show now. 0818 Red FM. Uh, Enoch Burke turned up at the school again this morning. Frank says, I have no time for Enoch Burke or indeed religion, full stop. But if you're going to sack people for not using certain pronouns, then it's a very slippery slope for society. Not good, says Frank. Another one here. I think it's absolutely abysmal that uh, Enoch Burke is being persecuted for his religious beliefs. Surely there are parents who believe he is correct and none of the parents of the school seem to be supporting him. Slowly, our right to protest is being eroded. You now have Malcolm Byrne from Fianna Fáil trying to stop protests outside asylum seekers' properties and politicians' homes. We'd be better off just moving to North Korea at this stage, says John. So keep them coming. Text 0868-104-106. One person, I was talking about uh, our Cork City and, you know, sadly, the amount of shops that have closed on Patrick Street since... Um, uh, COVID. Uh, will they ever get it? They talk about the easy shopping in Cork City. I spent 130 euro there last Tuesday. Parking charges were 8 euro, so I, stipped ha- I skipped hanging around for a coffee for that very reason. If I had an option of park and ride on the Cargrahan Straight Road, I could have spent the whole day in the city. No wonder the idea of hopping on a cheap flight or a free train to Dublin um, for a grand day out becomes an option. The city was extremely quiet on Tuesday morning, I can tell you, when I was in there. Kind of sad to see some shop owners looking out their front doors. I know I'm not, I know I'm being ignored on my continuous rant about parking, but I have no notion of driving down the link for the park and ride with the cost of time and diesel. So that was a quiet Tuesday morning. Uh, yeah, parking prices, a lot of it actually going to depend um, on the parking 
um, you know, the, the actual car park that you use, whether it's public or whether it's private. And also the issue is if you go in and just over into the second hour or the third hour, that can be very unfair if you're an hour and five minutes and you're charged for two hours. Anyway, back to the phone lines. Enough of me. Uh, Jerry, good morning. Morning, Neil. Um, I tell you, you wouldn't have any fibrillator there by any chance <sighs> you could give me. Did you get a shock? A shock? <laughs> and a shock is nervous. <laughs> so go pay, compare, uh, compare I, the bills for me, so, in a two-story house. Will, okay, all right. I make, it, I make it as simple as I can. Yeah. I received a gas bill uh, yesterday from Borgash for 60 days heating. Uh, 729 euro 74 cent okay was there any 200 off that for the credit no the, the, the credit only comes off electricity bills sorry it was this was the okay sorry this was a gas bill only gas bill only okay. yes what was the same one last year the same bill last year was and I used more gas last year in the same period right yeah uh, it was 416 euro and 5 cents. Oh my God, that's over 313 euro more. And you used yeah. more gas for the 416 bill than the 729. I did, I did. yeah. Last year, uh, for the same period, I used 5,238 kilowatts. No, I'll take, I'll take your word that you used substantially more, that's fine. And of course, with the 729, 100 euro of that was a carbon tax and VAT. No, just the tax alone is 99.59 and the carbon tax then is extra, or sorry, the standing charge. Carbon tax standing charge and VAT is over 100 euro. The, the, VAT, the VAT and the carbon tax come to 99.59, which is for the government, right? Yeah. And on top of that, then I was standing charge at 26.83. How are pensioners and you in a wheelchair living in a. In a well, but no, I'm not in a wheelchair, but I, I do have issues, spinal issues. Sorry, it said you had a, a wheelchair. Yeah, yeah, sorry, you're but okay. how, how do pensioners pay for that? Well, there you go. From 416 to 729. That's a mortgage payment. Just for gas? Just for gas, Neil, yeah. So for the 60-day period for electric, what would it be? My last... Yes, I didn't get... I should be getting an ESP below shortly, okay? Yeah. What was the last one, say, November, December? One more than I just have it here. Right, the last bill I got was in uh, November, 61 days, and my bill came to 22.90. What? Did you not turn anything on? Do I turn it off? I'm on. On? <laughs> I do. On, I do. You've got an electricity bill for 60 days of 22 euro. 22 euro and 90 cents. Now, there's nothing here stating that there was money uh, taken off, right? There must have been 200 taken off that, Jerry. Well, I, to be honest, it doesn't stay... Unless you're me. living in the dark and lighting candles. No, I don't live in the dark. No, I don't ask. <laughs> <laughs> Mother of God. I'd be, be, be living in the cold from now on. I, I'd love to see that bill because the vast... I have I have the two bills right here in front of me. Oh, no, I'll take your word for it. I'll take your word no, for it. No, if you want to copy them, I'll get them out here. I'd, I'd love to see a two-month electricity bill for €22, Euro including carbon tax, standing charge and VAT. Well, I, I tell you now what it says here, right? This bill, 
Maybe it's November, December 2002 or something, or 
and everybody at uh, Walsh Graphics in Little Island Northside Tires in the Old Mallow Road and Chisholm Accountancy in Kilcully we'll do one more batch of shout outs in about a half an hour's time so if you want to win lunch for 15 to 20 of you courtesy of ourselves in Roosters Piri Piri Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park text who you are and where who you are and where you are I'm Rory and I'm Valerie and you can join us for the very best in local national and international sport every weekend on the Big Red Bench that's the Big Red Bench every Saturday and Sunday from 6 on Cork's Red FM. 104 to 106 Red FM. This is the Neil Frienderville Show. Okay, one more bunch of free food Friday shout-outs and then the Red Patrollers will deliver food for 15 to 20 of you, courtesy of ourselves and Roosters, Piri Piri, Douglas and Blackpool Retail Park. It's the best of food. It really is just a joy and you will really enjoy it. Back to text in a few minutes' time. But can I mention, next week we've got some uh, trips to give away. Then we've got a fabulous uh, weekend with hotels and flights and everything uh, to Paris uh, to give away. We did it a few weeks ago. You know, I was talking about spontaneous acts, things that you just did in the moment or places you went. There was two women, two besties in the UK, had a free Monday, so they bought £23 return flights to the Canaries headed off to the Canaries for the day, had a rockin' day, and were home again, tucked up in bed at midnight. And it was a spontaneous act because they had a Monday. And it was asking people to share their own spontaneous stories. I'm not going to come back to those until Monday, because I think it would be a great way for you to qualify and win our weekend away or a two-night trip to Paris on things that you just did on the spur of the moment. So think about that, all right? And, uh, you know, email neil at redfm.ie. Text 0868104106 and we'll pick up on that on Monday and for a few days of next week. Spontaneous things you did in the moment where you just decided, I'm going to do it, I'm going to go for it and get there. And we've had some great stories on that. But uh, it's Friday and we're heading into the weekend. And I saw during the week that the Old Oak have uh, special themed nights, right? Um, and they're fabulous themed nights. Some of them are ABBA nights and other things like that. They do 90s nights and something like that. But tonight, it's a totally 80s night at the Old Oak, right? So they've got a, a, a totally 80s dedication night. Kicks off at 10 o'clock on the Old Oak. So we were on to them during the week, see if we could have a bit of fun and whether or not they'd give us some tables and a bit of VIP treatment if we sent some people down. And they said, yeah, go for it. So they've given us five tables for four people. So four people at each table, five by four in the Old Oak tonight for the totally 80s dedication night. But you've got to know your 80s, right? So assuming that the 80s was the year that you partied and that you were, uh, you know, getting out there and you knew the movies and you knew the TV shows and you knew the, you know, the, the, the hits of the decade, then you might be well interested in winning one of the tables for tonight. So you'll have a table in a specially reserved area of the Old Oak for the totally 80s night tonight. And you'll all be greeted with a complimentary cocktail to kick off the night. Now, they do different dedication nights every Friday. So you can keep an eye on their Facebook for the different themed nights that they do every week. But tonight, it's totally 80s. So we've got totally 80s trivia on the way this side of midday. So stay tuned for your chance to win one of those prizes um, and take yourself off with with pals, four of you. We have five tables, four of you each to the Old Oak tonight. So more on that. And all of the business, text 0868104106. So just some quick calls and we'll get stuck into other stuff between now and midday. Gary, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I was okay. talking, I'm good, Thank, thanks for taking the call because we were talking earlier in the week about Prime, um, about yep. this uh, this drink that has really caught on and is costing a fortune and it's very hard to get. But you're yeah, not stocking time. it in Butterman, no? 
No, no, uh, I refuse to. We stock a lot of things, confectionery and a lot of American candies and sweets and, and drinks, but we refuse to sell it at that price. At that price? And have, have, that price. have people been coming in looking to buy it? Yeah, every other day people are coming in because we, we have a reputation for, obviously, uh, uh, international sweets and American and Swedish and some other sweets. So we, we do have a name for selling traditional sweets as well, but people have come, come in requesting it into the shop and also through um, direct messages on Facebook. And it just got to the stage where we just kind of we have to say something um, that we won't be doing it at that price unless it comes down and falls in line with similar energy drinks we couldn't couldn't just avoid okay. charging somebody okay. 12 okay. 15 euros but but just on just on that point um if they want it and they'll pay that price you know why not pay why not give it to them i'd be embarrassed i'd be i'd be embarrassed and i i i couldn't i have a conscience um i couldn't if some well and good if somebody can afford to pay it that's that that's just well and good i have no problem showing them where they can buy it <laughs> but I wouldn't I couldn't do that what would your you profit I mean? have been on a 14 euro bottle of prime I suppose you're yeah, looking at 10 euros a bottle ex-vat if you wanted a cash sale yeah say. but you're obviously paying the payment I mean you're looking at 12 euros cost so I would have to sell on 14 15 euros to make any kind of profit and have it. you any idea why it's I mean it's a bottle of flavoured water I understand the influencers behind it and the YouTubers behind it but how can they justify that cost? Where is it coming? Where is it made? Where is it bottled? It's um, in the USA. Um, so it's the two influencers, KSO and Logan Paul. Um, they, it's their, 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 their drink. And it's been shipped from the US to the UK on planes at the minute, which would, until the boats catch up. So it's that's insane. Kind of one, it's yeah, insane. Um, so, and even, so KSI came out last week and he was astounded that people were paying the money. And didn't he to, say, don't pay it? Don't pay it. Pay your two, two euros or two dollars or two pounds or whatever. That's all it's worth. It's the man in the middle who's making the money. I don't know who it is, but someone is making serious amounts. And of tell dollars. me a little bit about the age group that are coming in to Horgan's and Butterfield looking for. Are they young primarily? You, yeah, you would have you would have parents coming in looking for their children or asking because my son or daughter and seeing on social media, TikTok, whatever else, would you stock us? So it's kind of the, it's the children and the teenagers who are driving the sales and that's, that's where my thing comes in. I don't want to be in a position where a, a parent has their back against the wall and wants to give their child feel feel I suppose pressurised into to buy a fifteen euro. bottle, yeah. fifteen euro bottle of sugar mm. of sugary water yeah. when it could be. You were say, you were saying actually on um, online that you'd prefer if people had the money to be paying for food or paying off a bit of a bill. Yeah, I, I, I'd much rather someone come in and spend 15 euros on, on bread, milk, sausages or whatever else. Yeah, or yeah. You mean if they're having a, a party that they got a tub of sweets off us, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I'd get more satisfaction out of that. Yeah, okay. I know there's a good chance I'll see them again. And do you think that there are many food stores like yours and shops like yours that are refusing across the country? Have you heard of others? One or two. Both there, I thought they wouldn't have been as vocal about it. Yeah. Um, we just kind of had. We were getting so many messages. We just have to say it. Um, 
and just look at the we car have a conscience we can't justify yeah, we, we charging we value our customers and our reputation go elsewhere yeah, if you want it and are you also yeah. being approached by suppliers who want you to stock it yeah you would yeah you would have distributors who are, who are buying it through the UK and bring it over into China and everything and they're, they're physically coming into shops and asking we have this outside would you like to buy it um, yeah, I'm just kind of. I was copped in a rock and a hard place yesterday. I was, uh, I was addled over it. Will I, won't I? And after thinking about it for a few hours, discussing it, um, no, just couldn't. I couldn't risk okay. my reputation yeah. and the shop's reputation. Okay, unless prices drop dramatically, you said, where well, we can offer you serious value, you won't find it here. Just finally, have you tasted it? No, I, would, I, I, no, I couldn't. I, I, again, I mean. I, w- I wouldn't pay. No, I mean, I maybe I thought you might have got no. a free sample or something. I'd, I'd love to no. taste it to see what all this hullabaloo is about. My son wants, wants one. He's 11. He's been asking me for months now. And I couldn't justify paying 10, even te- a, a wholesale cost, 10 euro. I, I just couldn't. Even all so right. many drinks at 2 or 3 euro, I wouldn't spend mm. on. That's me personally. But, okay. Um, Let's... I, I, I don't see myself tasting it anytime soon. Okay. Have a good weekend. Thanks for taking the call. Cheers, Gary. Gary Horgan in Bonavent. I wonder if there are other shops and food stores and convenience shops and whatever you are refusing to sell Prime. Text 086-8104-106. Prime, lemon and lime, blue raspberry and ice pop. I'm sure there are other flavours besides that. Probably worth somewhere in the region of a euro, euro fifty, maybe two euro max. But I guess transporting the bottles by plane and then you got markup and all sorts of middlemen involved. That's why you're talking 14, 15. And it's even more. I've seen them changing hands online for multiples of that. Um, anyway, text 0868104106. Let's stay with the phone lines. I need an ad break just after Tony. Tony, good morning. Are Hello, Neil. Yeah, oh, yeah, my friend. I'm good, yeah, brother. I'm good. I, uh, I tell you what's going on there, O'Neill. Yeah, there was no mention there. There's another 50 jobs around being lost in Satan Town in Super Value and Satan Merton's Key. I read out a list earlier on of 40 shops that have closed on Patrick Street since the end of the pandemic, and it included Super Value Merchants Key. Oh, he does me shopping inside there, yeah, and I was talking to some of the girls inside there yeah, in the last couple of weeks, like that, and they were at a meeting. And uh, it's most great habit now. Coffees are gone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And the thing is, the almost just took, uh, took it over there and what have you got like that, right? And they told them at the meeting that they had to close it, right? No matter what they are, millionaires, billionaires, because in count of the rates that were paying, that, that, that was it, the rates they were paying, right? No, just the corporation spot and there's no one going against them. And then you have the corporation and the CIE, they're agreeing with each other. CIEs on every couple of weeks, they have to say that they want the buses to come in faster than the town, but they can't encounter the traffic. Yeah, rates, rates, rent and footfall had dropped off. So less customers, high rates and high rent. High rent, no. Why would you want to go into town and you're paying three fifty an hour inside in town when you can go to Douglas park nicely right which I do myself on and off free of charge and free of charge and you have all the comfort in the wall and there's the city hall below there right like that there's no brains behind it no talk behind it all the time about how it are the sta- how are the staff feeling about it oh you me 
Uh, I mean this now. I, I was with some of them, right? Like that. Oh, terrible lot of guys. I mean, some people in the old like they are 40 years old since you watch the stores transferred into there. You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. I and, know. and some people in there, tw- I mean, 22, 25 years. Jesus Christ, man. Will they pick uh, up work, do you think, or will they be relocated? Like, uh, uh, I think uh, some of the girls there said there's a couple of jobs that have been, uh, been, uh, been offered, but you know, like that, not all of them. Do you know what I mean? I oh, know, it's so a terrible thing. telling me directly like that because I was talking to because I was talking to you and myself like that. Yeah. But it's, a, it's, it's the thing there, like you said, about the, it's, it's, it's a, what gets me there is about that in corporation about the rates and everything, no man standing against them like that. And then you have CIE talking about there will be a lot more people coming to town only for the track, the traffic. The yeah. track is, track is, 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 is interrupting the buses. Yeah. It's vice versa. I drove heavy trucks, private buses and coaches up to three years ago myself. Yeah. And I know what it is. And I give you one instance what happened, right? I went in on the 215, right? Living out here on the Douglas Road, right? Into the Grand Parade. And the chap was driving that. He couldn't pull into the Grand Parade, right? And he blew the horn at the fellow driving number seven. Give me an instance, right? He wouldn't pull up, right? Therefore, all the traffic behind, going down the mall, oh, yeah, behind me, like, were being held mean? up by buses. It, they were being held by the bus because your fire wouldn't pull up for your fire. Yeah, no. Yeah, yeah. I was coming out of town two, year, two, two, two hours after, and I got on the bus, right? And what was it? The 2.15 was stopped inside the mall, right? Like that. And a 2.07 came along, so to pull him behind him and he blew the horn and he wouldn't pull up. <laughs> right? No. I got There's into something that going on between the 207 up. and the 215. I tell you what's going on there. There's a lot of black garden going on above there. About people no matter where they come from or anything like that and some of the old driving fellas that's there is not accepting it. Alright. And the worst thing of all when I got into that bus I said to the young kid you pulled the SSA up there by the Imperial society. Like that, I said, the bus stop is back yesterday. He wouldn't pull up for you, and I know why he wouldn't. Another grumpy old fellow that's inside there. No. See, you need to get a job inside there, and go, you have to be 25. They brought the 25 down to 23. No, they brought it from 23 down to 20. I got on that bus, and there was a young fellow behind it. He, he was only had to come out of a pram. He was like Gary Clifter. He had a big pair of sunglasses, a half a ton of chungum, and I said to the young fellow, I you never do, boy. Take off the glasses today. You only have to come out of a pram today like that. See, see, you must have been waiting for us today. Above, in the middle. Oh, for God's sake, would you leave the lad like, alone with his chewing gum and his sunglasses? Leave him alone. No, no. But He's driving the, the bus. Man, see, he's driving the bus. How could you drive the bus at, at 20 years of age? But what experience? But I'm sure they train them to drive the buses, yeah. man. Yeah, they train them. Do you know what they do? Do you know what they do? I know, I know all about it, what they do. Right? Like that. If you have a car license now and a small van driving license, right? Like that. They bring you in, right? And they sit you down and they give you a carry test. They bring you down Thomas Cross, <laughs> old Paula Duff, right? Back in Valley and sit down, back into the office, and they say, Can you start in the morning? That's here's your, here's your boss, here's the key, off you go, is it? Yeah, off you go. They're waiting above and they're asking all boys or girls like that. They're asking their mother, say, Would you ever? 
for their name down for CIE. That's how hard up CIE is. CIE. It's the most you. corrupt that I'm watching what's happening inside and town, my friends, with right, each other. All right. You're my, eyes, you're my eyes and ears in the city, Tony, in fairness to you. <laughs> I mean that, but I can be how you keep it. I'm good, pal. I'm good. Have a good weekend, all right? Oh, I'll have a good one, all right, but uh, I won't be one on the, on the bus at all. I'll be, I'll be running in front of it. Mera, Shanks Mera, Shanks Mera. Good luck, good luck, good luck. Cheers, pal, good luck. Debenhams, Argos, Carphone Warehouse, Gap, Topshop, Oasis, Unida, Lifestyle Sports, Porters, Super Value Merchants Key, Bills and Farnery, Finn's Corner, Cupcake Cottage, Crust Bakery, Eldora, uh, Artisan Bakers O'Flynn's The Butchers Bresnan's Tim O'Sullivan's Bracken's Sliced Preachers Wow Burger Queen of Rebel Captain America's uh, Silly Goose Ziggy's Feed Your Senses Grand Central Ali's Kitchen uh, The Fishwife Cafe Idaho Tandoori Nights The Bridge Drake's Bistro Vegan KO West Cork Burger Shack Donuts and Gloria Jeans All gone Get it off your chest Text the Neil Brinderville Show now. 086-8104-106. Right. Red FM. A gas man or Tony, a gas, gas man. Text 086-8104-106. So, big night tonight in the Old Oak. It's a totally 80s dedication night. We have tables to give away. So if you know your 80s, right, phone lines are open now. 0818-104-106. You'll be coming on air. I'll be playing you little clips of audio from the 80s. You need to get them all right. Whoever get when well, different I'll have I'll have different little pieces of audio between now and midday today. But the first one is five short clips from the 80s. They're fairly straightforward. If you know your 80s, I really don't think you'll have a problem with this. Honest to God, if you know your 80s. So get, get calling on that. 0818-104-106 for the totally 80s dedication night tonight at the Old Oak. You'll have your own special reserved area. You'll be greeted with a complimentary cocktail on arrival and you can round up three or four pals and go back in time to the 1980s tonight in the Old Oak. So get dialing 0818-104-106. So Patrick, I was asking people their memories. Patrick says, so many memories. Hot summer nights, hot summer evenings, getting dressed up to go clubbing in Banna Beach nightclub on a Sunday night. And when you come home, the smell of cigarette smoke was just awful off the clothes. They were the days. Tell me about it, working in clubs all my life. Um, Aidan says, tears for fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Danny says, my memories of the 80s, the pits and Coco's nightclub. Brian says, 80s music has to have been the worst ever. I don't know why you would say that. If you grew up and you clubbed and you were musically influenced by the 80s, you will think that it was the greatest. Like other people would say the 70s or the 60s. Um, I thought the 80s was an incredibly powerful decade of music. Possibly the best decade of music ever. Uh, what about the Pirates back in the day? I've nearly forgotten their names. South Coast and ERI and all of the rest. Remember Romano and the ones coming out of the cotton ball telling them that they loved him. Those were the days. Yes, they were with the great Romano McCarry. Ken says MTUSA with Fab Vinny and the Parker Jackets and the Chunky Jumpers and the Adidas and the Girls in Leg Warmers and Chandra's and Maguire's and Mary Rose Restaurant in the Queen's Oak Castle and Joe Max and Beaten England in the Euro 88. Ken, I'd give you a table in the old oak for that text alone, pal. It's a beaut. Um, I rem- memories from the 80s? The A-Team. Frank says going to Lock by the Lee. Another one. I don't remember it because it was born in 1988 but my mam had a serious haircut in the 80s shaved on the sides perm on top love you ma'am and just another few Anne says it was the best decade we really had the best of times everybody in the 80s was happy see the rose tinted glasses that we that we live and you know remember through everybody was happy in the uh, I mean there were happy times particularly if you were young and you had a few bob in your pocket 
But it was a shocking decade, particularly the early 80s, for unemployment and signing on the dole and going down to White Street or getting the slattery bus to London or, you know, taking the plane to America. Rachel says, greatest memories, Spiders Nightclub. Our very first big disco. It was the late 80s for us girls and we went back for the reunion a few years ago and had such a great night. Favourite memory from the 80s, seeing Depeche Mode play the City Hall. It was the first gig I went to and Spiders run by the late Kenny Lee. So keep those coming, right? Text 0868, sorry, by phone now for the competition if you want to win a table at uh, the Old Oak. And your memories of the 80s by text to 0868104106 but to win a table 0818 pick up the phone to win a table 0818104106 The Neil Prendeville Show on Cork's Red FM Our phone lines remain open after midday 0818104106 Alright so for the totally 80s night here's the first bunch of audio you're going to have to identify all of these but if you know your 80s you'll have no trouble whatsoever 0818104106 We're starting with uh, TV themes. Michael Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless. used to sing, believe it or not, I've been losing my hair. But those are the TV themes in that order, right? 0818104106. Pick up the phone, get on the air, identify them for a table uh, at the Old Oak for the totally 80s dedication night tonight. And then we'll turn to uh, musical clips and see how we get on with them. But 0818104106. Go for it. And uh, I'll have people bawling with nostalgia listening to those old TV shows uh, this morning. Reminiscing, reminiscing about the 80s. Right, just a fa- just a quick call. Mossy should be down along in uh, Ballycotton. He's got the Blackbird Pub. Mossy, good morning. Good morning, Neil, from the beautiful Ballycotton. How are you? I told, I've been telling people, way over in the east, you're getting better weather, right? We always get better weather down here. We get less rain in Ballycotton um, than most places do in Ireland. And is the sun shining? Have you blue skies and everything? I'm overlooking the Bay of Ballycotton and there's more when the tide is nearly in and it's absolutely fabulous down here. Oh, man. It we really, all, really is. We all Are got you? to head we got to head east this weekend. East. And also, <laughs> head east, call into the Blackbird pub and bring your dog with you, right? 100%. Dog friendly. Oh, God, yeah. That's, I'd only prefer dogs than humans. These are the food. They're much less trouble. <laughs> Have you always been dog friendly or is this new? No, no, we've always been dog friendly. I had um, I had a retired greyhound for me to go over the bar eleven years ago, and she came everywhere with me. And uh, it was it was something that I never really thought about um, when the family opened the business. You know, we never actually taught, and she, she was in there. And Morris came in with his dog, and next thing somebody else came in with their, their dog, and 
we're kind of like, oh, yeah, it's not friendly. There you go. Like, it's kind of a thing that we generally did, you know what I mean? We didn't put much thought into it per se, but now it's kind of a big thing, and we are dog friendly, yeah. I was talking earlier on this morning about dog prams, people that push their dogs around in dog prams, and then people started sending me photographs of their dog buggies, right? As somebody says, I have a buggy for my dog because he's got arthritis. He's... He wasn't, he wasn't able to walk. So they go shopping with the dog in a buggy. Okay, yeah, that's that's a small bit different now. Like, if, if a dog has got some kind of an ailment, and some dogs do and all that, and people really look after their dogs. If you understand the dog, you're okay. If that dog needs to be pushed around, that's okay. But most dogs don't need to be pushed around, you They've got four legs and they walk away themselves, you know what I mean? Do you do food? We sure do. Um, we had um, chefs in there with us, Adrian and Lisa, and they've left us this year, and the Troller Boys are coming in. They're starting on Saturday week, and we do food um, three days a week during the winter and seven days during the summer. So people sit down, and they're having their meal, and the dogs are with them, and other people don't have dogs, and the people without the dogs have no problem with it. It's, 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 it's giving you the option of what you want to do or what you don't want to do. You know, If you want to come in, and if there's a dog sitting underneath the table... And if you're not happy, just walk back out again, you know what I mean? But we find that a lot of families come down, park at the park at the very start of Valley Cotton, right across from the sea church, okay? Yeah. It's kind of a family day out, head up the cliffs, take the dog for a walk, um, come back, they want to go in and get a bite to eat, and they want to bring their dog with them, you know? It mightn't be always... So it might not always be shining the Valley Cotton. I know. You know that. Yeah, yeah. But be. also somebody that might be out for a stroll with the dog or be from Valley Cotton can just call in for a pint or a quart with the dog. Do they have to be on a lead? Yeah, lead, yeah. That's health and safety, but it's always better off anyway. Um, outside our door, we've got a dog friendly sign and inside our door, dog's welcome once attached to the owner. <laughs> attached to the, you know? But what if two dogs kick off, though? Oh, very rarely would they ever do that. Because you know... <laughs> Common sense goes a long way in every part of life, Neil. Whenever you I'm walking I mean? my dog and there are other dogs walking past, they all kick off. Oh, they do not. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of dog have you got? It's, a, it's a King Charles, small little thing. Thinks the, it, uh, I'm sure it thinks, I think it thinks, see, it's, it's, I think it thinks it's a Labrador or something. <laughs> it's always the small ones that kick off. They're the ones that are really yapping and yapping out. Most times, we never, never, ever had that in the cafe, you know? And has, people, business, has business gone up since the news went out? Oh, yeah, like, well, you know, we were always being dog-friendly, and it's kind of very, very hard to kind of judge it. Has our business gone up over the last couple of weeks, you know, since the dog-friendly bar and all that and all that? You know, but I would imagine it would. We've had to get into phone calls in. I can bring my dog in, can I, for a walk and all that? Yeah, and I can just come on in, sit down. A lot of people just pass come out for a cup of coffee, you know what I mean? And, and chill out, you know what I mean? And do you and put down a little bowl of water for the doggy bow-wows and stuff? Oh, yeah. Dog water's outside in the back. That's <laughs> here. You know, and the one thing about dog-friendly bars is you never get dogs at nine o'clock at night meal. You know, it's during the day when it's a family day. That's true. And they're very much part of the family. That's true. You know, and all that. Nobody's ever going to bring, nobody's ever going to go out for four pints or five pints and say, come on, Rover, we're going out for a pint, like, you know. Very rarely will they do that, like, you know. Especially at the weekends. They well, if, if they did, the dog will find the way home for them. Yeah, but he'd sit in the, sit in the corner and take a man home. Yeah, he would. He'd do that. Oh, yeah. my God. I'd like, oh, okay, so we know that it's there. We know it exists and people can rock in and bring their dogs with them. And there's no questions. Are there many pubs in Ireland? I know it's very big on the continent, certainly in France and Spain and, you know, Portugal and places. But we're slow to catch on to this idea, aren't we, that dogs are welcome? It's actually probably bigger in England. Really? 
Yeah, England. I was in England recently. I was obviously my daughter in England, and um, we went down on the southeast London, and you know where we went for some for lunch. There was dogs sitting underneath tables everywhere, and all that, like you know. <laughs> That's, it's, it's very, very, very much so um, in England that they would have a way more cafes and all that. That would be dog friendly. I'd say people are starting to catch on to it. You know, I'd say the culture in Ireland was before that dog was. For outside, you know, go back to when you were talking about the 80s, trying right? to go into the 80s era, which is absolutely brilliant. You know, a dog was very much outside. You know, times have changed. The dog's inside on the sofa now, and, you know, he's a person's best, a dog man's best friend and all that. Oh, really. a total member of the family these days, without a doubt. I'd love to yeah, find out if there are other pubs on Lee's side that are dog friendly like you as are. Have a great oh. weekend, and the weather's on your side, and Ballycotton is just rocking, isn't it, Mossy? Sunil, yeah, anytime you're doing wrong, call in for a cup of coffee and we look after you anyway. I bring the dog, right? I bring the dog. Oh, bring the dog. <laughs> Make sure he shows up, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Hope he doesn't kick off. All right, Mossy, cheers. <laughs> I'll blame you if he kick off. <laughs> a bad dog I'll be murdered when I go over. home. They'll be making out that I'm saying the dog is vicious. He's not. He's beautiful. They just <laughs> they just bark at each other when we go for walks. I don't know what Oh, yeah, is. that's what they do. All right, Neil, take care. Cheers, my man. Cheers. That's Mossy at the Blackbird Pub in Ballycotton. So if you're heading anywhere at the weekend, and you're out with the dog you're welcome there for a bit of food or a drink or a Guinness Zero whatever you're having yourself right let me get to the phone lines Bernadette good morning good morning hi are you a uh, I was going to call you a child of the 80s but hey, did you, I was child of the 80s did yeah. you party in the 80s no I grew up in the 80s but big into the music and okay. the TV okay. so you didn't you didn't club in the 80s or pub no, in the 80s no 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 okay what was your decade 90s no, I was born in the 70s. Oh, I grew up in the okay. 80s, oh, but no I problem. wasn't clubbing or anything. You'll have no yeah. problem with these. These are TV themes for, sure. a, for a table at the 80s dedication out at the Old Oak. So as they're being played, would you mind shouting out the names of the television shows for sure, me? Sure, yeah. Okay. You're the greatest. Here we go. You ready? Yeah. Here we go. The 80s team. You got one. Knight Rider. Spot on, girl. The Knight, a young loner on a crusade to champion the cause of the innocent, the helpless, the powerless. Sometimes you want to go where everybody Cheers. knows your name. Great show, wasn't it? Yeah, probably. And they're always glad you came. Boat? Never saw that, did you? I'd say that was stupid. No, I actually watched it too. <laughs> oh my God, did you? All right, I'll let you yeah. Greatest American hero. Believe it or not, I'm losing my hair. <laughs> well done, you got all five. Go round up a bunch of friends and go reminisce and remember oh, the 80s brilliant. tonight at the Old Oak. Have a nice little complimentary cocktail on arrival and your own specially reserved area, all right? Fabulous, thank you. What was your favourite show from the 80s? Was it any of those? Oh, I loved them all. They were all great. The A-Team, I guess. Cheers, surely be to God. <laughs> that was funny. All right, girl, look after yourself. Enjoy tonight. Congratulations. Right, Miriam's in Mayfield. Miriam? Hi, Neil, how are you? I'm great. Did you party? Did you club in the 80s? Uh, I didn't party. I grew up kind of um, in the 70s, so I knew a lot of the music from the Arcadia, from roller skating, as I mentioned. The roller discos, my God. (laughs) Oh, my God. You were one of that tribe, were you? I was. (laughs) Okay, all right. I don't don't have movies for you, though, but I I do have 
um, some audio clips, right? So I need you to okay. identify the audio clips, and it, it'll really depend on how many. If you get them all right, you win, right? But we'll have to see how you're doing <laughs> them. So these are all well-known '80s audio clips, right? And you need to identify them. We will clip along as fast as we can. So here we go. First one. It's twelve noon in London. Seven a.m. in Philadelphia. No, I have no idea. There is something I can help. Well, I put a bit of butter on the spots, Andre. Ah. Carry gold butter. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God! Hang on a second. I'm making myself sorted here. Correct. There's another one. What's another year? The last time. Hold me now. Johnny Logan. Do what? Year for your vision. What? <laughs> Johnny Logan. They. What's another year for your vision? Well, actually, uh, think about this again. Hang on. What's another year? Hold me now, yeah. So what is it? Um, it's not one. It's the second one. <laughs> it's two. <laughs> no, don't know that. Oh my God! Where were you living <laughs> under a rock? <laughs> I feel the need, the need for speed. Ow! No. <laughs> no, no. Only, only two out of five. I can yeah. tell you, without any fear of contradiction, you're not going to win with two out of five. Not at all. No. <laughs> sure, we gave it a try. Have a good yeah. weekend, all the same. Take care of yourself. Tony and Far and Fairhill. Tony Brown. Tony? Hey. How'd you do? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> the. This one? It's 12 noon in London, 7 a.m. in Philadelphia. Something I can help. Well, I've got a bit of Harry Gordon. Johnny Vision. 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 Johnny can't start off here, but I think it's Martin Luther King. No, it's not. You know, no. I, I find it hard to hear it. No, no. I got it. Okay, hang on. I feel the need. The need for speed. Ow! No, I can't make it out. Well, you got four out of the five, right. so that's something yeah. at least. Let me see if the we can. It sounds like Prince when all I heard was, ow! No man, I wish I could give you a hint, but it wouldn't be fair on anybody else. No, I just I can't make out the sound in the last one. Okay, well listen, hang in there. Four four ain't bad at all. We'll see how you get on. Um Sharon. Yep, hi. Okay, they're doing a big eighties night in the old oak. You you got the other did you get the other ones? I got the first ones, yeah. Okay, so you got Live Aid, Kerry Gold, Johnny Logan, you know you know what those ones are? Yeah, Live Aid, yep. Okay. Yep. All right, have a listen. And the top gun is the one that you're missing, isn't it? I feel the need. The need for speed. That one? Yeah, it's Top Gun. And were you somebody that partied and clubbed? Absolutely. You couldn't stop me. Where'd you go? The old oak everywhere. Anywhere that was open, I was in there. (laughs) Well done. Can you get in there tonight? Of course, yeah, definitely. Okay, time. so 10 o'clock, round, out a few, round up a few pals. Have you got any clobber at home from the 80s? 
I'm sure I could root out something and dust it down. Yeah, what, no what, would that, what would that be? What would the clobber have been in the 80s that you were wearing? Oh, disco pants and, oh, lovely coloured hair, the whole lot. Yep, <laughs> there was no stopping me. Get out some spray can for the hair then, and well done. Stay on the Thank line. Let much. me get some details and we'll set you up as well for a table at the 80s night tonight at uh, the Old Oak. Um, starts at 10 o'clock, lads, and all are welcome, but we've got special tables in a reserved area with complimentary cocktails. I've one other blast of this, actually, so hang in there for a couple of seconds. I'm just going to take some... Uh, I'll take a break and then do some other calls on it. I've got some music clips, right? 80s music clips. This will be fun. Get it off your chest. Call Neil Prenderville now on 0818 Red FM. Well done. I see people texting responses as well, so that's a lot of fun. Let me get back to the phone as Paul's in Blackpool. Paul? Hello, Neil. Are you a kid of the 80s? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, where'd you go? Spiders was the big one. Spiders with Kenny um, Lee. The Black Bush, do you remember that? Oh, big time. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, um, uh, Chandra's? Chandra's, yeah. The, uh, Crowjacks. Oh, <laughs> The old, cer- the old bridge. You certainly got bridge. out and about. The old bridge was a oh, great yeah. pub, wasn't it? Great days, great days. All right, okay. How are you musically? I should be all right now. I, should, I, I knew all the other ones. Did you really? So, okay. Well, let's yeah, see if we, let's yeah. see if we can challenge you then. We just right. I just got three here. They're quite short now. So, um, all right. here's at the ready, right? Uh, here's right. number one. The mod. Oh my God, you're sharp as nails. Madonna. Any idea what song? Uh, the Gavarchin, is it? Oh man, you're on fire. That's uh, 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 give me my this and more, is there? <laughs> I, I can hear it in my head. Um, Play it in your head. Go on, give me one more. How many it, times yeah? do you want to hear it? What, one more. I, Hang on. Uh, this is when they run all Yes! Yes! Well done. <laughs> I, I know, I know. Here's a slightly longer. If I didn't get that, I'd be going mad. I know, because it'd be playing in your head all day. Here's it's just slightly yeah. longer. Yeah, come on, Eileen. Well done. That was a floor filler, I can tell you. Dexies, come on, Eileen. Oh, you get a clinger for that one. Where would you go for a bit of grub in the 80s then? Uh, it was all drinking all day. <laughs> <laughs> snack box on the way home. The snack box in the chip or something. For a, well, it's the, the soakage on the way out is what you needed. There was, there was no, there was no nouveau cuisine back in those days. New, right? Nouvelle cuisine. Well done. 20, 20, 20 pounds in your pocket, and you get seven or eight points of curling in the snack box. You'll get the whole weekend out of twenty quid in the early eighties. Yeah, yeah, God yeah, Almighty! Listen, I hope your, I hope your fit and your stamina is good, and you can get yourself I, into I the old. I up the lads. I get them over to the nursing home to the whole lot, and uh, I'm going to be there, Pat. <laughs> I love it. Well done. Okay, well, you got a table for you for the old oak, totally 80s night tonight. Enjoy. And let me know how you get on. I will. I'll be on to the week. All right, Thanks bye. God bless. Much. Take care. Take care. Okay. Tables at the old oak for their totally 80s night at the old oak. I'll try and play one more game this side of uh, midday if I get an opportunity. But somewhere I've got my uh, free food Friday shout outs. I should have blast number three. So it's your last opportunity to get yourself uh, in the draw. I can't take any more calls at this stage now. 
uh, for Free Food Friday. But I can read out some more shout outs. And that includes the Chill Department in uh, Musgraves on the Tremor Road, Quinlan's Motor Factories in Dennehy's Cross, everybody at the Endoscopy Ward at the Matter Private in Cork, everybody also at Made for You Cleaning, working in Carrick Tool today, very thirsty on the dry for January, but hungry too. Abbey Maintenance in Mitchellstown, Johnson in Parrot in Bishopstown, Skull on Sprid Nave Boys School in Bishopstown are listening, Smurf at Kappa in Cab Paladuff, Area Carpets and Flooring, Mallow Primary Healthcare, everybody at Kirby Card Dismantling in Middleton, the Mercy University Hospital staff in Bed Management, Barry Joyce Cole at the top of Fair Hill, Ground Floor Haven in Kinsale, Glen Heights Pharmacy in Balafinhan, Healthcare 21 in Blarney, Building Stone in Dribsey, Foley's Plumbing and Electrical, and just another few AM Heating and Plumbing Services, Educate Together in Rochestown and Douglas, uh, Angela Budden Makeup Studios in Middleton, Shanbally National School, Classic Windows, Everybody at National Seaways, TIS Fire Stops, St. Francis Unit at St. Mary's Healthcare. So I don't have any more time for any more uh, Free Food Friday shout-outs, but I will pick a winner in a few seconds' time. This could well be um, the very last one now, I think, at this stage. So, uh, no, I think line five, she's not she's gone, unfortunately. This is, okay, so we're just over Open the phone lines for this one, right? As as to a big riddle that was knocking around in the 1980s. Have a listen. The moment you and I and all the rest of us have been waiting for. JR, who did shoot you? No, no, tomorrow is the big day. They say the audience for Dallas last night may be the largest ever to watch a TV show, and they're still talking about it today. From JR's hometown to London, where the show won't be seen until tonight. A videotape of the episode arrived for the BBC under the care of a special courier from Los Angeles. London policemen were there for protection. So the question is, who shot J.R. Ewing? That's your final one. Who shot J.R. Ewing? Um, actually, I think I have a phone line here. I think it's Mary who moved lines. Mary and Mitchell. Did you hear that? Yes, yes. Were you, you? Were you a big party goer in the 80s? No, I wouldn't say I was a big party goer. I was born in the 70s but grew up in the 80s. All right, do you watch, TV, do you watch TV in the 80s? We did. We right. did watch TV in the 80s. So who shot J.R. Ewing? Oh, sweet Jehovah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> was it Sue Ellen? No, the ex-wife. No, it the wasn't. Um, no, yeah, no, 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 no. There's only the one guest, Mary and Mitchellstown. Only the one guest. I'll keep the phone lines open on this. 0818104106 for another table for Totally 80s. Tonight at the Old Oak, who shot J.R. Ewing? 0818104106. Get on the phone, but do it fast now because I'm going to run rapidly out of time. Meanwhile, let me see where I'm going. Uh, free Food Friday winners for this week. Glintown Care Centre in Glanmire, I believe. And we should have Lena standing by. Lena, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Is there many of you? Oh, there is. <laughs> You've been texting for an age. Yeah. yeah, one of the one of the um, care workers has been texting every single week. Fair play, it's paid off. Well, depending on the big shout out in a second. Tell me about this Fat Friday that you have every Friday. <laughs> so every Friday we'd be good all week, 
And then I'm afraid that we have a big decision about what we're going to have. So we'd have Chinese little pizza and stuff. But we all, it's the only day of the week we all sit down together for a break and actually eat it together. So do you order in on Fridays, is it? Oh, well, sometimes we order in and sometimes the chef is nice enough to cook for us. But it depends on what we're in the mood for. Okay, well, depending on the big shout out there, how many of you are there right now? Uh, there's about 10 of us okay. right now. everyone else is busy alright yeah. well depending on the shout out you won't have to order in today because we will deliver <laughs> Rooster's very very food courtesy of the Red Patrollers to all of you in Glanmar so give us the biggest shout out of your life go for it <laughs> that is a beaut well done Thanks well done much, you're welcome Lena thanks for listening enjoy your roosters and have a great weekend Bye, you too. Bye. Bye. Fat Friday sorted for this week at Glintown Care Centre in Glanmar. Delighted. All right. Listen to me. Let's see if we can sort this one out for the big totally 80s night tonight at the Old Oak. Anya DC, good morning. Good morning. How are you? It's a very simple and straightforward question. Who shot J.R. Ewing? It was J.R.'s... It was was, uh, Sue Ellen's sister, Crystal. What'd you call her? I think she was Crystal. No, that was oh. not her name. But it was uh, Suellen's sister. Ho- hold on there. Just don't go anywhere. Hold on there one second uh, because I don't want to lose you. Rena in Glamour Arena. Hello. Who shot JR, are you going? Chris, uh, Kristen. Spell that. She was, she was Bing Crosby's um, daughter in real life. She certainly was. So it was Kirsten, wasn't it? Kristen. Kristen. Yeah. Not Crystal. Yeah. No, no, not Crystal. But I have to say, Anya was kind of close enough to deserve a prize as well, I think. Would you? Yeah, you know what? You can give it to Anya because I'm a 40s child. <laughs> I wouldn't be going to the old girls tonight. Okay. <laughs> Why not? You're never too old <laughs> for a boogie. Not at all. <laughs> <laughs> Hand it over to Crystal. <laughs> I'll give it to Anya on the basis that she came close Dorothy, as a Dorothy, gift from yeah, you for yeah. getting it right. So you obviously yeah. you loved Dallas. Oh, absolutely. Watched it all the time. All right. Well, listen, thanks for picking up the phone. You're never Not too old for a boogie. Last last chance. <laughs> last chance to go and get your glad rags on. No, thanks. I won't go. <laughs> thanks all the same <laughs> no for way. listening, Rina. Take you care. So, so you got lucky on you in Union Hall. You're sorted for a table tonight. We have one extra one to give away now. I'm completely out of audio, but I'll leave you with another table by phone. Call a nine oh eight one eight one oh four one oh six. One final table for the totally eighties night tonight at the old oak. You got a special reserved area and a complimentary cocktail and you'll be Kick them back in time to the 1980s, so enjoy it. Um, I love those kind of special nights, those theme nights, so well done to the old dog. Our lines will stay open on 0818104106 for that. If you can make it tonight, 10 o'clock at the old oak. Thanks to Roosters Piri Piri again this week for Free Food Friday. Have a great weekend, and I will see you Monday. For more Red FM podcasts, go to redfm.ie forward slash podcasts.